Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw. I'd normally say it's a mini-episode because it's not a studio-based roundtable, um, but it isn't a mini-episode. Nearly three hours long. Um, let me explain what we do. We are chatting New Japan Pro Wrestling today. Myself, Chris Brooker, Matthew Richards got together at my house and we thought we'd have a chat about New Japan, mainly because it is that time of year, very exciting time of year. If you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, it's the G1 Climax Tournament, which is a 20-man round-robin tournament. Uh, which takes place uh, for most of the rest of July uh, into August, and it's great. It's something that's responsible for many great matches that I've watched uh, over the course of the years. Um, And what we thought we'd do, because I talk about New Japan quite a bit, Scroobius Pip, of course, our podcast is here on the wonderful Distraction Pieces Network. He has said to me in the past, I don't know that much about Japanese wrestling, I've tried to fill him in on stuff. So what we thought we'd do is put together a bit of a guide. So we talk about the history of New Japan, wrestling in Japan in general, some matches and shows from the past to look out for. Um, And all this is possible because you can subscribe to the Japanese equivalent of a service like the WWE Network or a service like Demand-Progress, for example. Um, For, and quite conveniently, it is 9.99, but it's 999 yen a month. Um, The website is njpwworld.com. Uh, .com. Uh, it used to be, when it first came out, you could only sign up in Japanese, which made it complicated. Uh, and various people put guides up on Reddit and stuff like that. It, you can now do it in English. There is a little tab you can click, put everything up in English, which makes life a lot easier. But it's 999 yen a month, which works out about £7.50, at nearly $9.99 if you're in the States. It's worth it. There's 45 years of history of New Japan Pro Wrestling, one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world. It's definitely worth it. You can go and browse it at your heart's content. But also, they get the new shows up pretty quickly, so you can watch some shows live. Uh, Some of the G1 shows are up within 24 hours. Totally worth it, Uh, I think. I've been subscribing to it for about a year now. And just some wonderful, wonderful matches on there. It's not necessarily as easy to navigate as WWE Network. Uh, It's not necessarily quite as user-friendly, but it is still a brilliant service. And if you're into your wrestling, we'd recommend listening to what we have to say today and then if you like what you hear, go, oh, I'm going to go and sign up for that. You know, I'm not affiliated with New Japan in any way. It's just a, uh, <clears throat> a company that I'm a fan of. And, uh, you know, with with guys like Will Ospreay going from the UK over there and making big waves, I think it's a really good thing to try and uh, 
try and enhance New Japan's reputation with people who perhaps don't necessarily uh, know too much about it or have watched too much of it. So, um, yeah, njpwworld.com if you want to sign up. Uh, there is, it is in English. You can sign up for it. Uh, and this is the best time of year to sign up for it because you've got a couple of months of G1 shows. So, you know, maybe you sign up for it a couple of months and then you think, nah, I'm done with it now. But this is the best time uh, of year to sign up for it for sure. And a lot of the shows now have English language commentary on as well. Uh, I prefer the Japanese commentary, but you might want to do it that way around. Um, another little thing to help us out when we're talking about G1 today, with it being such a big round-robin tournament, is I had it tweeted to me a couple of times, um, an absolutely brilliant spreadsheet. If you want to, if you're like me, and you like marking down who's got how many points and who's won what matches and stuff like that, um, I think this is, is quite, quite brilliant. Um, uh, a splendid gentleman in the United States, I believe, uh, uh, David Garcia, his name is, uh, his Twitter handle is uh, Malined1, so M A. L-O-N-E-D-1. And he has made a wonderful uh, Excel spreadsheet that you can download. There's a link to it. I've tweeted it uh, at Jim Smallman, my Twitter account. I've tweeted it this morning. Um, so you'll be able to see it on my Twitter account. But Maloned1, M-A-L-O-N-E-D-1, is David Garcia. He deserves the full credit for it. I'm merely retweeting it. Um, uh, he's done a great job with that. And a lot of people have sent it me. So if you want to play along and uh, and keep up with all the results every day that, uh, that the tournament is taking place. Incidentally, the tournament does start, he says, grabbing his phone and making sure he gets dates completely right. I don't want to get things wrong. Um, the tournament does start on the 18th of July. So the 18th of July, so we're nearly there. Uh, all the way up until the final match, uh, which is in Sumo Hall in Tokyo, on the 14th of August. So you can see it takes pretty much a month uh, to take place. Now, um, uh, the splendid chap who's made that spreadsheet is over in America. Uh, and there's a couple of things uh, I want to do before I get to mine and Matthew and Chris's chat about New Japan. Thing number one, please keep spreading the word about this podcast. Please, you're doing a great job. But if every single person listened to this week, and if you enjoy it, great. But then, like, tell a couple of your mates who like wrestling to listen to it. Because the more people we can get listening to this, the more people who can click subscribe on iTunes or on Acast is really going to make the difference. Because I want... uh, When I started this, I was going to do one episode a month. And what it turns out has happened is you guys want me to put stuff out as much as possible. And the more subscribers we get, you know, the 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 more viable it is me doing as much work as I am doing on it. I, I really love doing this. Um, but if we can get even more subscribers, brilliant. That'd be absolutely tremendous. So please keep spreading the word. You guys are doing a brilliant job so far. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate all the nice reviews on iTunes as well. If you haven't done one yet, please add one in. Please click five stars if you feel the need to do so. I'd be really, really grateful. But please keep recommending it to people. This week, if you can, recommend it to one or two friends. I will be so grateful. Um, and also... I know from looking at all the boring technical stuff behind the podcast that most of you guys are British or European. Uh, and we do have some American subscribers. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Genuinely really grateful. Um, but it'd be really cool if we can get even more guys from across the pond to subscribe to this. So you've got uh, an American friend or a Canadian friend or a Mexican friend or anyone from overseas, really, who you think, oh, i got... Oh, Steve, he lives in California. Uh, I know he loves his wrestling. I think he'd probably like listening to Tuesday Night Jaw because even though we are primarily on this show British, um, Chris Booker is Canadian, um, 
it's not just aimed at British people. We talk about British wrestling a lot, but British wrestling is hot at the minute and people are interested in it from overseas. But primarily we try and talk about WWE and independent wrestling and New Japan like we are doing today. So, you know, if you know people from overseas, you think, oh, I think they'd enjoy that. Uh, you know, tell them they will enjoy it. They're not going to be put off by the fact that I'm British and, and have a British accent and, and sound like I live in a castle. I, d- I, don't, I don't live in a castle. Um, one last little plug before we get to um, this very lengthy chat, and it is long. I'm not going to lie. It is long. We don't necessarily get everything right. Uh, Matthew Richards is very, very knowledgeable about his Japanese wrestling. I am moderately knowledgeable about Japanese wrestling. Chris Brooker, by his own admission, is the control in what we're doing, and he's not too knowledgeable about it. Knows some stuff, but not loads. So I think we're a good group of people to have a chat and hopefully give a bit of a primer to people who don't know much about the company. Um, but I have to do uh, one little plug before we get to our very long chat and do make yourself a cup of tea uh, and make sure you've got a cup of tea with you and maybe pause halfway through. Do that thing that they always do with video games where they say if you're playing for more than more than 15 minutes make sure you pause it and go for a walk around outside that everyone completely ignores. I feel this way. I've covered all health and safety regulations by saying this to you see. Um, I have one little plug. Um, I'm on Twitter at Jim Smallman. If you ever want to tweet me about wrestling, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw, because obviously I do other stuff apart from just wrestling. Um, Progresswrestling.com slash shows. So progresswrestling.com slash shows. You will see up on there all the shows you can currently actually buy a ticket for (laughs) for my company, Progress. Um, In particular, the ones I really want to highlight are August 14th in Manchester, which is perilously close to selling out now. And also our biggest ever show, the biggest independent wrestling show in London in a long time, uh, which is when we do the Brixton Academy on Sunday, September the 25th. I will have been a new dad for maybe about four to six weeks, depending on when baby arrives. And I am so excited about doing that show at Brixton Academy. But it's a big undertaking for a little company like us. Going from 700 to 2,400 is huge. So we need to sell tickets. I'm going to have to bang on about it. But you know what? If you come down to that show, and I've had a lot of people who had just listened to this podcast have maybe never been to a Progress show before and have said, oh, I'm coming to my first show, it's Brixton, because I thought I'd support you. Do you know what? You're awesome. We really, really appreciate that. But, you know, if you think, you know what, I'm going to take a shot on this. It's not particularly expensive. It's on a Sunday. It's in London. You can come down and have a good time. But if you want to come and support our little company, oh, I will be super grateful. So Sunday, September the 25th, Brixton Academy, Progress's show there, chapter 36. We're going to need a bigger room again. Um, I promise you it's going to be good I know what's on the show because I am the executive producer of the company and therefore me, John and Glenn have already planned the show we know what we've got planned it's going to be great the only match we've announced so far is Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tommaso Ciampa 3 because I've already had two absolutely amazing matches for us and now they're going to have I would imagine an even better match in front of the biggest crowd we've ever performed in front of it's going to be great but we need people there and at the minute, we're about two-thirds sold out, and it'd be great if we get even more people coming along. Sunday, September the 25th, progresswrestling.com slash shows. You can see Chapter 36 on there. Click on there, and it'll show you how to get tickets. And if you want to come along, all the premium seats are gone, so we're down to just regular seating now. So please, 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 if you think you might be even the slightest bit interested in supporting Progress, the little wrestling company I'm involved with, that is the day I would love to meet you for the first time. And... <clears throat> Like any Tuesday Night Jaw listener, you can just walk up to me, not even need to say hello, and just randomly high-five me at that show. I will high-five you. I will know why you're doing it. So, progresswrestling.com slash shows. Um, right, we're going to get to the New Japan chat. Like I say, we will get some stuff wrong. We apologise. But in the main, it's a good chat. It's 
we make some quite serious points and serious recommendations. It's not just three lads messing around, but it is two of my friends, and it is a friendly sort of chat rather than any sort of massively professional undertaking. Um, and obviously, it's recorded in my lounge. I don't have the same studio setup I normally have, so the sound might drop in and out a little bit here and there as people sort of move away to get a drink or lean back on the sofa and stuff like that. But anyway, enjoy. This is New Japan. I'll be back at the end just to wrap things up. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. I'll see you in a bit. All right, lads. Hello. Hello. Um, just to explain who's here in my lounge with me. Um, to my left, um, I wanted to call you a man mountain then, <laughs> but it's only because you're slightly taller than me. I'm more of a hillock, really, aren't you? I? Man hillock. Um, if you've listened to Tuesday Night Joel before, you will have heard his voice twice because we did the draft together. Um, and we also we just had a chat in your front room once. Um, uh, Mr. Chris Brooker. Hello. Nice uh, to be back. Uh, Thanks for coming to me. Um, uh, I genuinely appreciate it because um, I've had enough driving. Um, uh, now, to explain, because we're doing a whole uh, New Japan related episode today. You explained, when we were talking about this yesterday, you said you're the control for this. That's right. Because, and I was quite surprised, you don't know loads about New Japan. Well, it's a weird one because I know a lot about New Japan. because if, But I read more than I watch. So I could probably pick these guys out of lineups, which means I'm a very reliable witness in the case of any New Japan related crime. Um, and who, I know who stole your wallet? <laughs> Okada. <laughs> it was him. It was, a, it was weird when he ran past, like money fell from the ceiling for some reason. Why would he even bother stealing a wallet? It just seems maybe it's the thrill of the chase. That's why he's got so much money. Indeed, but um, so I know you. You know about stuff in that you kind of absorb information I know names I know results and I can I can generally tell you who their champions are at a given time I could probably go into a bit of history about it but bizarrely I've not watched a lot of New Japan um, so when you said when you sent the message out saying to, to prepare for this what are your favourite New Japan matches I couldn't honestly say because I don't feel like I've watched enough so uh, well, that's, getting... that's where I come from I'm the, I'm the baffled majority if you like who will have seen some of the guys that have made it into the, the Western mainstream, mm-hmm. but won't know much before that. So I'm, I'm willing to go on this journey of discovery. And, and that's the good thing is, is hopefully through, uh, through talking to us, uh, uh, you will do exactly the same thing that the listeners do. And this came about mainly because me and Scrooby's Pip were talking about New Japan. It was, it was mainly when, it was when Nakamura signed and I kept banging on about Nakamura all the time. And Pip wasn't massively aware of his work in New Japan, and then we started talking about it, and he started looking into it. But he wanted a bit more of a guide to uh, to New Japan because it's if you know very little about it, and going, all right, here you go. It's forty five years of history. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, you, you need a starting point. I get people with progress all the time saying, like, tweeting me, going, "I've signed up for Demand Progress. Where should I start?" And I mean, the easy answer is chapter one. Um, but the more sensible answer is maybe watch from five shows ago so you get used to it and then go back and explore. It's 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 interesting in that as well because when you put it like that, that makes a lot of sense to me because Ring of Honor was like that for a long time as well in that they, they have, back in the DVD days, they had an infinite number of DVDs. And where do you start? It's like, this is the same reason I didn't get into Game of Thrones. You know, that you don't know where to start, but I could probably... Yeah, that's it. New Japan is Game of Thrones to me, if you're not watching Game of Thrones. You'll probably know who Tyrion Lannister is. You'll probably know it's about dragons. And there's a, a couple of boobs occasionally and some killing. <laughs> Maybe not so much in New Japan. But you, you, you get the idea, the gist of it, and you know it's a big thing. Uh, and you know the people that have gone to other stuff. But you have no idea where to start. 
So here I am. Good. We will educate you. Um, joining me in the education is someone who I reckon is probably more nerdy about Japanese wrestling than me. Um, uh, hello, Matthew. Hello, Mr. sir. Mr. Matthew Richards. I always call you really politely. and I, I always call you Matthew, despite knowing full well I can call you Matt and get away with it. Yeah, I uh, I, I have no problem with Matt, with Matt or Matthew. I hate Matty. It's the only one that I hate. It reminds me of being in school. So I went to school in Merseyside, and I, and I, I don't know why, but... It just it just really annoys me when people call me Matt. <laughs> so now everyone's gonna go, like, all right, Matt. Like, yeah. um, if any of you people just, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it is M Richards Host. Yeah, right. If any of you tweet Matt with, all right, Matty, then you're you you lose a thousand uh, Tuesday night jaw points. The points aren't really worth anything. They're like um, like the points you used to get in packs of Embassy fags back in the uh, in the mid nineties. <laughs> wow, that's a reference. <laughs> Yeah, I've not smoked. I've not smoked for a long time. <laughs> um, so, um, you like Japanese wrestling, don't you? Yeah, I am a bit of a nerd. I think for my nineteenth birthday, I received a towel with Ebersan's face on it, as well as various random Toramon DVDs and Japanese wrestling figurines. So. Uh, Ebersan, Ebersan's face is terrifying as well. Yeah, it's 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 like a, it's it was like a cartoony sort of style of it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was it was quite weird. It was like it wasn't like a full towel either; it was a hand towel. So yeah, a bit weird that. I, I love like Japanese wrestling merch is the best. It's really incredibly it's tremendous. Obscure. But what you'll find is, and and we'll delve into um, sort of how you can watch these. Uh, how you can watch New Japan shows, it's quite easy. Like Loads loads of stuff on YouTube, but they have a fantastic subscription div- uh, uh, service uh, called New Japan World. But if you watch their shows, I mean, you'll always notice, and if you've read any wrestler's autobiography who's been to Japan, you always notice the crowds are quieter, the crowds are better dressed. That yeah. you know, like I look at a progress show where I'm dead proud because everyone's basically dressed like me. So there's a load of black T-shirts and tattoos. Uh, I'm fine with that. It looks like a metal gig. That's totally fine. But in Japan, it's very, you'll see people in suits. Yeah. And you'll see... And you might, it's not like if you go to a WWE show and you see all the kids there dressed in John Cena t-shirts, you'll see the occasional person holding up a hand towel yeah, going, yeah. yes, I appreciate Okada, here is my hand towel. <laughs> the, the, one, the one thing I've noticed is that I've probably, if, if there's any country in the world in terms of a wrestling country where um, like football-esque scarves are used, it's mm. Japan, which I think is really quite obscure. Because you'd think England, there'd be loads of like footy scarves. But yeah, like you see random like, yeah. selections. Some, something I've noticed as well, um, when merchandise becomes practical, fans... Oh yeah, like thing action, over there as well. So yeah, yeah, the fan, the fan, fan, the fan, fan squared. Fan. So you know you've got your fan. So they won't be wearing a t-shirt, but they'll be sat like you know, Madame Butterfly, demurely fanning <laughs> themselves with a picture of Okada, whoever the, their hero is. Mm-hmm. Almost to the point where I'm thinking, kind of gets hot in the ballroom. Maybe that's something for summer. Ooh. Oh good lord! Um, <laughs> kind of lots of fans with your face on, Jim. This is the way forward. So Jim, small fan. There you go. Oh no! Oh god. Um, <laughs> So what we're going to do is, because uh, it's, it's G1 time, the G1 Climax, which is uh, the huge tournament that New Japan do every year, it's one of my favourite things in wrestling. I absolutely love it. It's one of the things that we were thinking about at Progress when we started the Atlas tournament, was we like the idea of a round-robin thing, because it's just great looking at a list of names and going, oh, they've all got to wrestle each other. Yeah. That's great. Um, so we've had a few people tweet me and say, uh, what do you think of the G1 this year? So I thought, well, fine, we'll get together and talk about that. But I'm also aware there's going to be people who know very little about New Japan. So what we'll do is 
we'll do a sort of potted history about New Japan, what people can look out for in New Japan. Try and explain a little bit about the company if you know nothing about it. I'm aware, if you're listening to this, I reckon 50% of you guys are going to know a fair bit about New Japan. Some of you are going to know what it is, like Chris, going to know what it is, and you're going to be able to pick people out of lineup, but you're not going to know loads about it. And there's going to be a few of you who are like, I literally... I, I am aware of I'm aware of WWE and the other promotions you've spoken about on Tuesday Night Jaw, but New Japan is completely new to me. So what we're going to try and do is we're going to try and uncover as many bases as possible to explain stuff. Um, new Japan, incidentally, when I got into wrestling, uh, I'm really into wrestling when I was at university, late 90s, and I was tape trading and stuff like that, New Japan was not my favourite Japanese promotion. Um, and you've mentioned Toriyama, which was yeah, yours. Toriyama was definitely my, my favourite. Um, which was a Lucha Libre influence. One, yeah, wasn't? yeah, and it was just batshit crazy because all the gimmicks were mental. Yeah. Um, so that Ultimo Dragons promotion. Ultimo Dragons promotion, yeah. Um, Magnum Tokyo? Magnum Tokyo. Yeah. My favourite gimmick is still uh, the Italian connection, which was a faction led by Milano Collection 80, who actually later on went to New Japan. Uh, and his gimmick was he was a Japanese man that was from Italy and was a model, and he'd make his entrance like a supermodel, but he'd come out with an invisible dog lead. And in that faction, <laughs> there was a man called Yoshino, whose gimmick was that he was a Japanese man who thought he was Italian that looked like Tarzan. There was someone called Bakery Yagi, whose gimmick was that he was a baker, and legitimately, <laughs> legitimately used to hit people with baguettes. Um, but prior to being Bakery Yagi, his other gimmick was that he was a uh, fishmonger, and it's, it was basically that he was his dad's um, company. And it turned out the reason why he became uh, a baker was because his dad lied all along, and he was really a baker. <laughs> the thing is, right now, if you watch uh, certainly the big shows on New Japan World now, yeah, they have English commentary. Yeah, yeah, right. You will have watched all of this in Japanese. Yeah. How the fuck did you figure out what was going on? I used to, I, I used to be really nerdy, so I used to, I used to go on like a lot of forums. Um, and there was, there's actually a website now that still exists, run by a guy called Jay, I believe his name is. Um, and it's called like iHeartDG, I think dot com, possibly. Uh, and anyway, he used to basically have uh, a fan site, and he would have like a roster page, and he'd update it, and he would explain all the different gimmicks and different characters. You stuff. need that. Yeah, definitely. Like there was, there was definitely bits where you'd kind of go, "All right, okay, this is weird." But then they had self-explanatory stuff. Like they had, um, you guys might remember the tag team, the Florida Brothers, Michael and Daniel, and their gimmick was basically they used to, they used to have, the, they used to be sort of like generic wrestlers, and they did what's quite typical in Japanese wrestling. They had like a, a ten slash. 15 match match series where they tried to improve but lost every match so then the gimmick was that they went on an, on an excursion to america to learn how to become wrestlers and they came back as michael and daniel the florida brothers came out to live in america by james brown <laughs> and wore wrestling singlets and wrestled in a western style which the western style was they were basically stereotypical sort of 1980s um heels or villains <laughs> And do you, remember, you know when um, Eddie Guerrero used to do the thing where he would bring a chair in the ring and pretend like he'd been knocked out and lay the yeah, chair? Yeah. Well, they were doing that around about the same time, arguably maybe earlier. But they basically progressed and this, ca- this character and this gimmick got proper mental to the point where they used to have gimmick chairs where the, 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 the seat of the chair would open. So they'd put it over their head. And then when the referee would turn around, they act like this chair had been smashed over their head. <laughs> That was quite self-explanatory, that one. And the thing is, is you're saying all this, and there'll be people listening who've got no concept of Japanese wrestling, and I'll think, that sounds absolutely insane. It sounds... It's, and, and people forget as well. Like, 
Japan is a very isolated country. Yeah. Right? It doesn't necessarily look to America a lot for its professional wrestling influences because when it tries to do sports entertainment, yeah. it, it's it's weird. Yeah. Like Hustle is one of my favourite yeah. promotions, which yeah. had the fantastically named Razor Ramon Hardgay. That's a real <laughs> wrestler name. Um, and who was the guy who was... Because they had lots of like legit... Really, really famous yeah, wrestlers. Um, um, and there was a guy who was essentially, and I forget who it was, who was essentially playing M. Bison from it, Street Fighter. Oh, it was um, Takada. Takada, General yeah. Takada. I yeah. was going to say Funaki, but no, it's definitely Takada. So yeah. that, that, that's the weird thing where I come in again, because I've not seen any of this, but I absorb all this stuff. Mm. And it's and watching that is is nuts. DDT, DDT on yeah. on YouTube. There's the there's the like three hour long 120 man battle royal that they yeah. have, where several people come out more than once. At one point, I believe Takamichinoku comes out dressed as Shawn Michaels. Yeah, sounds like, about right. And, and and the thing is, like, if you did that on an indie show, like, because comedy has its place in wrestling and it's yeah. really funny, right? But if you did that on an indie show here, you get a proper laugh. Like when yeah. we do stuff at Progress with like like Jack Sexsmith or or, or or Body Guy and stuff like that, it gets a proper laugh and it's funny. But there they'll do it, and it doesn't even get a reaction, but, which is brilliant. It makes it even funnier. What's even funnier is that, like a lot of a lot of guys, um, well, New Japan sort of the way it's gone now is 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 a lot more outside guys in. But the perfect example of someone coming from a, a bit of a crazy background is Koto Ibushi, who's obviously in the Cruiserweight Classic now. He's starting in DDT. He is a man that's had more than one match with a sex doll. And when I mean match, I mean half an hour match where there is moments in that match where there's near falls and you forget that he is wrestling the inflatable sex doll. Uh, like when he did the endless Canadian destroyer on yes. himself yes. with the sex doll. What's the sex doll's name? Oh, I can't think. I, I should know this. I know it begins with a K and I can't remember. Yeah. It. Um, uh, uh, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. First person to do it uh, and tweet me with the name of the sex doll uh, wins... A Four. thousand Tuesday Night Jaw points. Again, points You can have a thousand of my total as well. Oh, oh, nice! Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, it's like charity. I'll match. I'll match that. Because um, I'm the good thing is 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 about our wonderful listeners is that they they will point out. I'm, and I'm going to say right now, we're going to get stuff wrong today. <laughs> yeah, right. Because no matter how nerdy we are about it, we'll still get stuff wrong, and people will correct us. No one's ever corrected me in a bell end way. Everyone's no. been like, "I think you meant this." Not, "Hey, you, you got this wrong." Like, I'm, I, and I appreciate that. So if we do get stuff wrong. Let us know. It's the only way we'll learn. Um, but um, but thanks for being cool about it. Um, my Going back to favourite Japanese promotions, my favourite period of wrestling, full stop, and I've said it on the podcast before, is mid-90s All Japan, um, which was just amazing. Um, there's a great stat at the minute in that since 2012, there has been more... Uh, and if you... Uh, right, one of my business partners hates star ratings. Okay. okay, I'm not going to let you know which one it is, but hello, John. Right now, <laughs> John hates star ratings. I don't mind them because uh, I think they've got their place in wrestling. But of course, it's subjective. You can't. Mm. I don't think you can look at a wrestling match and go. Some wrestling matches you can. You can look at some and go. That is a five star match. But you know, when you're deciding a quarter of a star off here and there, mm. that to me, that to me, sometimes I look at it and go, I don't get why you're doing that. Well, but I used to do it. I'll be honest. I'm a dick. I used to do it when I was a smart fan before I ran around wrestling promotion. It's probably now that stuff like that bugs me. But great stat is, in New Japan, since 2012, there has been more Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, rated five-star matches since 2012 than in the entire history of WWE. Now, that's a lot of... I think it's seven or eight matches, right? Yeah. In that time. But mid-90s All Japan has about 40. 
Yeah, that's they are ridiculous, and it's very much where the really it's where strong style sort of really came in, and that's where I'm going to stop you because um, I saw Samoa Joe actually tweeting about this, Hmm. um, saying that a lot of people will cite strong style and name Sour Kawada, uh, Akiyama, all the guys that came through all Japan, and their style is not classed as strong style; it's classed as Royal Road, which is like Bava's legacy so mm. strong style is actually an Anoki cre- uh, creation which is more the new japan the, the, and also the the mixture of shoot fighting in there yeah as well, isn't it? Uh, absolutely so yeah there's me being a nerd no but it's not <laughs> but, but stuff like this is great because because most people would presume and the old japan style to to explain it it's not a million miles away from what new japan looks like no, now certainly in an okada match for example yeah it's 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 the same philosophy it's the philosophy of um do you know what? daniel bryan really put it beautifully on the cruiserweight classic it's the style of have, having to endure pain to get, sort of gain success and victory it's um you're it's you have to endure the suffering to enjoy the sort of the mm. the glory and the revels, yeah. and that is Japanese wrestling's philosophy. So it's just that people have, have taken a buzz phrase or a buzz word mm. and, and used it. But it's, it's sort of like if you're into music, like I I used to be really into emo music, but when I was into emo music, it was like Saves the Day, who were actually an emo band. But then as it progressed. That's when my comical romance became emo. Yeah, and, and if you're a real nerd, you'll go, "Oh, it's not emo, is it?" So that's that's kind of no, but is. but but also as well, you only have to look at how prevalent like it's the word strong style on my wrestling company's logo. Yeah, right? and and it's very deliberate because I'm such a big fan of New Japan, right? Yeah. And you look at how often it's not just used by us; it's used by other companies in this country. It's used by other companies in the United States. It's used by wrestlers to describe their style of wrestling. Um, and and you probably raised quite a good point. A lot of people have probably... <laughs> it would be better to have the other description, but Strong Style's the one that has permeated across... And it's it actually comes down to a lot of, of Nakamura because Chaos, when it originally started, um, the whole idea behind the back, the back of that gimmick was uh, Nakamura was bringing Strong Style back to New Japan mm. because it was um, the transition from the Inoki era, which again was uh, heavily influenced by mixed martial arts. And the whole of that faction was meant to be a throwback to Anoki-style New Japan. And that's when he started dubbing himself as the King of Strong Style, which was actually meant to be a villain gimmick at the beginning. And he just transcended so much for the fans that he became this badass Freddie Mercury crossover <laughs> that he is. That's exactly what he is. I think it's important to mention Anoki because it's his promotion. You know, He, he started it in 1972, um, like with... Similarly with most Japanese promotions, someone leaves a promotion and goes, right. And especially if they're a big start, like Misawa starting Noah, for yeah. example, um, then it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And it's with when I was tape trading in that, New Japan in the sort of mid to when you could get tapes of it was sort of mid mid to late nineties, it wasn't in my eyes, early nineties, it was really interesting. Yeah. Um and then like, for example, uh, um uh, Vader making his debut yeah. was pretty interesting. Yeah. Like if you want to, because fans rioted when Vader made his debut, because Vader beat Inoki in about four minutes, yeah. and Japanese fans, the lovely, wonderful, reserved Japanese fans, went, "We're not fucking having this," <laughs> and rioted. Now that is that's mind blowing, yeah. you know. But but certainly then, you know, when I was really really getting into it, it, it the sort of the Chono years wasn't weren't 
weren't as interesting to me, I suppose. So they, the the sort of juggernaut that they are now, is they've they've had ups and downs. Like Japanese wrestling has always had periods of, of good yeah. competition. So you know, for uh, it it would always be certainly in the eighties and nineties, it was down to either all Japan or New Japan. And if you were, for example, if you're an import, you worked for one or the other, didn't you? Yeah. You didn't, you, you know, you didn't. You didn't go, right, I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to work for everybody because that's not what you no. chose to do. It's interesting because that as well, I think the, the reason why all Japan isn't as well known on the periphery as New Japan is because New Japan were the guys that worked with WCW. So that mm, yeah. was how I knew about the Great Muta. Um, Jushin Liger and Great Muta, the two that I really knew about coming over. Um, and Masachono, I think it's at 91, 92 when I got into it was around the time that they were really sending a lot of people yeah. back and forth and a lot of big names. Um, so I remember watching uh, Chono and Muta at Starcade 92, for instance. Mm. Saw them have a match. And I didn't really get into it, but I think it's one of those matches where if I was to watch it now, I'd probably see it in a different way. Yeah. And that I think as they started to move away from WCW, that's when I knew less about New Japan. Um, and my flirtation is whenever they've come over to work with the Western Company, so they had a few runs over with TNA and a few runs over with Ring of Honor. Yep, and they obviously I, they they work pretty closely with RevPro in this country as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's uh, which is is beneficial to obviously British guys because you you know a load of Japanese talent come over here and work with someone like Will Ospreay, and then they go. Oh, he'd be all right in Japan, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. And it turns out he's he, been all right in Japan. <laughs> he's done all right for himself. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. That's one of the... You know when something good happens to a mate? Yeah. Like, that's the closest... When he won... Uh, and spoilers. When he won uh, 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 Battle of Super Juniors this year, it genuinely, like, I, I remember finding out about it on Twitter because um, I think I was working when it was happening and, and I was nearly in tears just because I was so yeah. pleased for him because mm. he's a ridiculously hard-working fantastically pleasant young man and to be given an opportunity like that and because normally when they bring and, and we'll talk about this a bit in a while but when if you're if you're an import you're a gaijin and you 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 are brought over for a tournament like that you're losing every match that's yeah. normally what happens and you're I, not winning <laughs> i think i think the magnitude of it, it to put it into context is 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 okay the gaijin have done quite well in recent years obviously uh, prince devitt has won the tournament more than once and to put it into context for, for a Brit to win it, the Dynamite Kid wasn't even in the promotion when they first started doing yeah. the Best of Super Juniors. He and also Dynamite Kid never held the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. He was he was a former WWF Junior Heavyweight. Did champion. he ever beat Tiger Mask? I do you know what that is. That's probably an amazing pub quiz question, and I couldn't tell you the answer. I just I just know that he he is arguably the best British re- wrestler that's been in New Japan. And yet he hasn't won their most prestigious title. Hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw, if you can find conclusive proof that Dynamite Kid at some point beat Tiger Mask. Tiger Mask won, by the way, uh, so Sayama, yeah. not Tiger Mask 2, Mitsuru Misawa. Uh, um, <laughs> such nerds. Um, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I feel so cool right now. <laughs> the other is, is, is slight aside, this is something I've mentioned on the podcast previously, is um, another reason I really love All Japan is because it had a really good video game. Which yeah, is called Giant yeah. Gram 2000 on the Dreamcast, which was blinding. It's funny to say that. Um, the, the, oh, and the name has just gone out of my head now. Of course it has. Oh, something Coliseum. There was the PS2 game. Oh, wrestling, it's just called Wrestling Coliseum. It was Wrestling Coliseum, wasn't uh, one it? One and two. Yeah, and that because that was prominently All Japan and Noah. 
Um, and I remember that being like, it, it was so alien and foreign to me that it was really exciting at the time. And I remember mm-hmm. I remember getting dead excited about a lot of the Noah and, and all Japan guys because of that. So yeah, video games do have a lot to answer yeah. for as well. Fire Pro Wrestling as well. Oh yeah. Because uh, you could have an exploding ring match with Anita. <laughs> um, that's uh, Atsushi Anita. Not Anita from your mum's hairdressers. Um, Although I would love to see, to see that. I would love yeah. to see Anita yeah. Dobson. And this, Anita Dobson. Dobson, an exploding ring match coming out to anyone can fall in love. She oh man, that is so maybe so good. Brian May play her out live. Oh god. There was a point when you guys were listening to this going. It's been very serious so far. Where's the comedy? <laughs> um, here it is. Here it is. Um, so um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to quickly run through. Uh, New Japan's current champions and we'll just have a chat about it. they've got a lot of champions incidentally um, they've got a lot of very new champions mm. because they've shifted a lot of their titles recently um, and we'll, we'll delve in a bit more um, with with uh, sort of a bit more detail about everyone who's in uh, the G1 this year in a while um, so um, and I love this is the thing I love whenever there is an IWGP uh, heavyweight championship match uh, just so you're aware uh, if you're not familiar what you, you're thinking why why is it IWGP when the Promotions NJPW uh, International Wrestling Grand Prix, isn't it? Is that is absolutely for. correct, sir. Um, so uh, the IGP, IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Whenever they have a match, there's always a graphic that says what number champion they are. Yeah. Um, and at the minute, I think Akada will be the 65th. I, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, because when he when he lost it to Naito, he was 63rd. So Naito will be 64th. Yeah. So 65th. Um, so uh, current champion is Kazuchika Okada um, you may have seen Okada in TNA yes because he was in TNA he was and not not used to his the full of his ability but they, it was an excursion wasn't it which yeah. is something you've mentioned before which they often do with their wrestlers so they've done it um, quite, is it Jay White who's yeah Jay White yeah. yeah Jay White who's been sent to Ring of Honor on an excursion for example um, and presumably uh, Finley's lad who's there will yeah. be sent on a similar one soon Um but uh, but Okada got sent there, and he was he was decent in TNA. But you wouldn't see the lad that you saw in TNA, and then go, oh what he is because he is he's the Rock basically. Yeah. He is massive <laughs> in Japan. Yeah. He is enormous in Japan. So you wouldn't have necessarily made that jump of. But then again, you wouldn't have made that jump from stunning Steve Austin to no, three years later Stone Cold. Wasn't it even I mean, when he when Okada became champion? Wasn't that seen as a bit of a bit of a gamble by New Japan as well I think it might have been I, I think he's he's got it over he, he's because he's got more of a, a WWE like gimmick than most um, I mean obviously he's got his own stable yeah. Chaos which is great which Will Ospreay is part of um, and Tom Ishii and, and various others um, but you know the Rainmaker gimmick which is essentially he's dead rich is that if you want to just be really really blunt about what his gimmick is he's the million dollar man but without Virgil, <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not what it is. <laughs> I nearly understand. Jeddah is not Virgil. <laughs> yeah, um, although he would be a great Virgil, he'd be a brilliant Virgil, foul-mouthed um, Virgil. But yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the one thing you will notice when watching uh, Japanese wrestling in particular is is occasionally you'll hear swearing and it's really funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Osprey's done it in a couple of his matches and it's hilarious because you hear it on a progress show like there's swearing everywhere. It doesn't you don't notice it, but no one picks up on it because he's swearing in a different language and the, it makes um, it hilarious. The two, the two best to listen to is Gedo and Togi Maccabee mm. who um, I was talking to a, a man you've actually had on your podcast, uh, Jack Gallagher, about 
uh, he was doing a press conference once, and just in the middle of his pre- press conference, he just went, "Oh yeah, fuck are you!" <laughs> it was beautiful English, <laughs> and it was so good. It's so good, <laughs> and and again, it's the thing of like, it's not just funny, but. It's they use it in a very serious context. So you'll be watching this amazing hype package and then there'll just be this video clip. Official merch has got swearing on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like um, uh, uh, Evil was wearing a t-shirt yeah. with fuck you all on it. And it's like, did brilliant. Well, t- Takamichi Noku's old entrance music when he was doing, he had like three junior heavyweight titles. And again, correct me if I was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it was the Kaintai Dojo the Michinuku Pro Junior title and the All Japan, uh, All Japan Pro uh, Junior title. And his music at the time used to be uh, start off and it was Taka going, Taka says, fuck you! <laughs> and then it just cuts into his music. I loved I loved one of my favourite things. So I watched a bit of Will in the Best of the Super Juniors. Yeah, a few was people this, might have seen it, a gif about that. Was this, was this the one <laughs> where um, I think Ricochet chopped him? And it was just, like, oh, you bastard. But he started. He started deliberately saying funny things just to pop people now. <laughs> I, oh, I think he, he said something about fish in one of his matches <laughs> just because it was funny. I think he used the word prick as well, yeah. which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. a really <laughs> English. Went, what are you doing, you prick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we salute you, Will. Um, um, Will Osprey T-shirt, 2017. <laughs> prick. That's it. <laughs> um, so uh, Akada won the title from someone I'm going to talk about in, in more length in a while. Uh, to see a Naito. Um, but it was only 22 days ago. It was at Dominion uh, 619. Uh, it was, that means the 19th of June, not dedicated to Rey Mysterio. <laughs> um, uh, so he won, but on that same show, so Okada won the, the IWGP heavyweight t- title. Um, the secondary title, or the Nakamura title, <laughs> um, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, yeah. um, which, as far as I'm aware, I don't know if it's ever been decided in a tournament in South America. It may have been when they originally gave it to Nakamura. They, it, it, it was, used to it be was a US. It yeah. was actually a, a, with Jersey All Pro. Yeah. And they had a tournament for it, I think, in New York. Right. And the first Intercontinental Champion was MVP. Yeah. Ah, because he did. He had quite a, a big stint in New Japan. Yeah, he had a yeah, fair, yeah. fair, and that yeah. was that was his way of coming in. Yeah. yeah, and he was, and also he was really good in New Japan. MVP was. Yeah, like yeah. like if you only watched him in WWE, you'd be like, what what's happened here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a top guy apparently. I know, weirdly, know loads of people who've met MVP. Oh yeah, and yeah. they're just like, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's a lovely chap. Loves his football. He um, <laughs> he came out at Preston City Wrestling in a custom Manchester United version of his gear. Amazing. Yeah, that yeah. is amazing. Um, so yeah, same uh, same show, uh, Dominion. Um, Michael Elgin, who you're probably going to be slightly more familiar with if you're only sort of stateside wrestling. Um, uh, he won the Intercontinental t- uh, Championship, uh, beating Kenny Omega. Can it, is it Omega? Um, I call him Omega, but Omega, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega. I find it, it's just a weird word to say. Um, uh, same day, new tag team champions, yeah. uh, which is the Briscoe Brothers, uh, Jay and Mark, who I really really like, um, and they beat. They beat the fantastically named Gorillas of Destiny, uh, which is Tamatonga and Tangaroa. Um, someone who has had his title for a bit, 189 days and counting as we record this, is Kushida, uh, who is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, um, uh, who beat Kenny Omega uh, at Wrestle Kingdom 10. Um, just so you're aware, when we talk about Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom is, is New Japan's WrestleMania. It's on January the 4th every year. Um, they're only up to number 10 of it it's always been the big January the 4th show it's always been a big Tokyo it's, Dome show yeah, they've it's, branded it's, it they, for a long time they just used to call it the Tokyo Dome yeah. show um, but now because they have more than one Tokyo Dome yes, show and, 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 and they are very much 
the Japanese equivalent of WWE. So yeah. it makes sense for them to have a big destination show. Um, at the last Wrestle Kingdom this January, past January the 4th, um, there was about 10 progress fans there. I know because one of them bought me a t-shirt back. Uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, same day, Dominion, new champions, IWGP junior heavyweight tag team. Because uh, they have two different divisions of tag team wrestling. They have uh, the smaller lads and the bigger lads. If, you, if your memory is growing up watching WWE... Like Legion of Doom would have been in the main tag team contention. The Rockers and the Heart Foundation Correct. would have been in the junior one. That's the easiest way of me explaining it. Um, I know you're thinking maybe the Heart Foundation wouldn't because of Jim. I thought even the Rockers were a bit big by New Japan standards. No, I don't think so. Okay. No. Back back when the Rockers were the Rockers, they were sneaking in. They're yeah. in that, they're don't in forget, that's part. when everyone used to say they were over £200 when reality... Like, now it's perfectly acceptable to say you're £165. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It wasn't, it yeah, wasn't then. Um, uh, so, yeah, current champions there, the Young Bucks. Everyone knows the Young Bucks. Uh, and they beat, <laughs> they beat... They won a four-way at Dominion against Matt Seidel and Ricochet, uh, Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Carlo Riley, and uh, the wonderful Rapongi Vice, uh, which is Beretta and Rocky Romero with his eye patch. Yeah, um, of, course, of course they won a four-way dance, because that's what they have a lot. And it's always like pretty much the same team. It's it's always those eight men. Yes. And I'm not going to lie. You'd think, oh, that would be get repetitive. Nope. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Um, if you watch, go back and watch any major New Japan show, and you can tell if it's a major show because it's got more. It's got more than a couple of cameras. Yeah. And it's probably got English commentary on it. Yeah. Um, you go and watch any major New Japan show from the last year or so. There will be a three or four way junior tag team Correct. match in it, and it will be brilliant. It will make. From a, a psychology point of view, zero sense. Mm-hmm. It'll be spot, 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 spot. But you know what? Sometimes that's really good fun. And it, if there's a Gracie Brothers match later on on the show, you will be grateful of those twenty minutes of your life. Um, uh, same day, new never open weight champion. Uh, we'll, again, we'll probably talk about a lot because we've got a lot of questions about him. In Katsuyori Shibata, uh, who beat Yuji Nagata um, in a what I imagine I've not seen the match yet but what I imagine will be uh, quite an MMA-tastic match yes. based on the two men that are in it. Yuji yes. um, uh, is another... He's an elder statesman, isn't he? He, oh, was, in, he was in WCW NWO yeah, Revenge exactly. on the N64. One of my favourites to play with. He had to do the kicks and strokes with him and everything. Uh, and also, you could tell he was Japanese when he came out because the only taunt they gave him was checking his wrists. Of course it was. That's did the only taunt you were allowed you, if you were or, Japanese. Well, no, you could also bow. Yes. Or you could if you were being... <laughs> Borderline racist. Um, <laughs> and even newer champions, because they've now got a never open weight six man tag team championship, uh, which is currently Matt Seidel, mm-hmm. Ricochet, and Satoshi Kashima, which <laughs> is a is a is a weird, weird triple. Um, well, I also remember Satoshi Kojima from the very start of the nineties, we talked about excursions, when he was over here wrestling for All Star. Oh because yeah. really? he wrestled yeah. a lot of the guys came over. Um and it's it, it just I don't know why this popped. Well, of course it. I've read his, read his name there over your shoulder. Hmm. But when I started going to um, All Star in Bristol in 1993, um, you had Kojima was over. Yep. Uh, Hiroshi Tenzan was over as yep. menacing Moto. You had a lot of the guys who would come over and do hmm. a little bit of a stint. In fact, there was a guy I saw, and I'm wondering who it was, who was billed. I saw him face of all people, Ricky Knight, of the Superflies at the time. And he was billed as Japan's flying machine. And I have no idea who it was. So should we throw... Uh, tell you what, two hashtag, points. hashtag Tuesday Night Joe. Yeah. <laughs> who was 
Japan's flying machine, uh, early nineties, working for All Star. Yeah. It could have it, it could have gone on to do nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you never know. But that that's part of the thing you said earlier, where people will be sent abroad mm-hmm. to season to do different things. Mm. And what's uh, you get a feeling the six man title was invented for for Bullet Club. <laughs> Yeah, weren't the, the first champions? I believe was it the Briscoes and someone? Yeah, it was. It was the Briscoes were the first. I don't know, I'll tell you, I get the history up. The first, the first champions were the. I'm sure were the Toro Briscoes. Yanu? Yeah, that Yanu. is a great shout. Yeah, right. This worries me now because I don't really watch New Japan, but I appear to be in my usual role of dropping knowledge like dun, it's going dun, out dun. of fashion. Um. So the first champions uh, were the Bullet Club. No, 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 that's that's not the right order. There we go, title history. There we go. Um, sometimes we can just get the answers ourselves. Yeah, Toriano. Oh, uh, Briscoe, Briscoe, Yano. Uh, 38 days. I'm not going to lie. This, You're not looking at lengthy reigns with this no, six-man title. No. It's very much like the old NWA six-man title that was I feel was invented just so the Road Warriors and Dusty Roads could be a team. Mm. Um, uh, the next ones were B- uh, Bullet Club. Incarnation one, so Bad Luck Farley, uh, Tamatonga, and Takahashi, aka the B Squad. Uh, that's mean, but true. They had it for three days, then they lost it back to Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe, Toriano. <laughs> they held it for six days, <laughs> then they lost it to the Elite. So Kenny Omega, uh, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson. They held it for fifty days. They they then lost it to Hiroshi Tanahashi, Michael Elgin, and Yoshitatsu, which is a a weird teaming. But brilliant. But brilliant. They held it for 23 days, lost it back to the elite, and then they held it for 61 days, lost it. Very much seven champions. This title, yeah. this title first first started at the beginning of this year. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I think it's fair to say it's probably not New Japan's biggest concern. New. But if you watch a New Japan show, you'll be familiar with like the the crowd know that the last two or three matches are the matches to get excited about yeah. and to really pop for a title change. Um, you know that's. It, you know, that's where it, it kind of comes from. So, um, um, so that's the current list of current champions. Um, what I want to do, I've got I've got a list of questions that we've got, and we will mm-hmm. delve into like we'll talk about everyone who's in the G1. Some mm-hmm. people will have loads of stuff to say about, some we won't. Um, some we will have already talked about at great length already. Um, and I came up with a couple of questions that I wanted to talk about just so because if you sign up for New Japan World. You can watch 45 years of history. They haven't got lots and lots of full shows on from... It's not no. It's not as accessible as the WWE Network. It is still worth your money. I genuinely think that because you can watch New Japan shows and they get them up really quick. And during the G1, there's a show pretty much every day. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And you will want to watch these shows and you can watch all of them. Yeah. If ever there's a time you think, oh, maybe I'll be a member for a couple of months, now is the time to do it. Um, so what I wanted to do is talk about all time, our favourite New Japan wrestlers, and obviously people do move promotion, not necessarily in New Japan for the entirety of their career. Uh, our favourite all-time New Japan wrestlers and our favourite current New Japan wrestlers. So if people are delving into New Japan world, they can go, right, I can go and look these guys up. Okay? I'm going to start with you, Matthew. Um, favourite all-time. We'll do all-time first. Favourite all-time. Uh, it's pretty much an obvious choice, um, or, or, or one of the obvious choices, and that is Tiger Mask and Sayama. Um, so first Tiger Mask. Purely because what I got into to New Japan for really was the junior heavyweights because that style of wrestling I've liked. All my Japanese wrestling was always junior heavyweights. So if mm-hmm. it was Toramon or Noah, 
Uh, not so much all Japan because they they didn't focus that much on that division. But I used to watch things like Michinoku Pro, which is obviously well, heavily Lucha Libre inspired, and Tiger Mask actually had a massive part um, involved in that. In fact, the current incarnation of Tiger Mask started in Michinoku Pro and uh, came through with so Sasuke and stuff. Four or five at the minute. He is five. <laughs> no, 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 he's not. There is a five. There is a five, but he was rubbish. He's four. He's four. Yeah, he's yeah. about 50. Which four's been around for a while. Four's yeah. been going for a bit. Yeah, him and Liger are around about the same age, which is crazy. Because there's, there's more than one incarnation of Black Tiger as well, isn't there? Yeah, um, Black Tiger always. Rollable Rocco first. Yes. Then Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Then uh, another Mexican wrestler whose name completely eludes me. Then number four, I believe, and I'm going to get corrected on this, was uh, Rocky Romero. Uh, and I know yeah. he was a Black Tiger at some point because he spoke yeah. about it on Colt's podcast. So, yeah. Um, 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 so, for people who aren't, I mean, you can you can certainly, you, you can find lots of Sayama stuff. I mean, yeah. from my point of view, like, because he wrestled a world of sport. Yeah. So people will have seen him. I saw him as a kid yeah. on World of Sport. Didn't realise at the time what I was seeing. Um, you can see his match with Dynamite Kid at Madison Square Garden yeah. in the early 80s, where they're doing stuff that people have literally never seen before. Yeah. And, and this this comes up a lot. And there's loads, of, there's loads of times in the history of Japanese wrestling where you're watching stuff that people have never seen before. I, I've said this a couple of times on this podcast. Every single head-dropping indie move that you have seen was invented by a woman in Japan in the mid-1990s. Yeah. Because Japanese women's wrestling in the, in the mid-90s was unbelievable. Um, and and, and I, I watching that Madison Square Garden match, I'd, I'd never seen until a couple of years ago. Watching that is... Is mind blowing because yeah. you realise that these are two two guys completely ahead of their time. Yeah, and like I'm fairly sure Dynamite didn't speak Japanese. No, and I don't I think Sayama spoke an enormous amount of English. Yeah. And you know these are two and two legitimately tough guys who yeah. are doing, you know, they're doing the stiff stuff, but they're doing they're well, doing the the they're doing the light heavyweight stuff. I think the most interesting thing with with Tiger Mask is that. Um, a lot of people will obviously see T- Tiger Mask as a, as a, as a character and, and the Mexican influence is massive. But Sayama was legitimately one of the hardest men mm. going because he went he went on actually to, to be involved with UWFI, which was uh, a shoot wrestling promotion. And he, he actually ended up leaving that promotion because he fell out with another chap who wanted to make it more submission and grappling based. And he actually wanted to have it a kickboxing mm. um, sort of way of going. It's just, it's the same armor as a, as an athlete and a martial artist is, is no joke. Um, because surely when they had that disagreement, why don't they just settle it with a fight? That would have been the easiest <laughs> possible option. I feel like they did have a fight that <laughs> might have kind of blurred the lines of, is this real? Is this fake? Is this fake? Uh, but yeah, but with, with Tiger Mask, um, it's the fi- the case of his his whole career is genuinely wonderful. From from him being Sammy Lee in World of Sport, uh, big match I recommend Sammy Lee versus Jim Breaks, which is just it is absolutely magical. And we would say again, Sammy Lee is the character name that Sayama was given, yes. not the former Liverpool midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> A bolted assistant manager, assistant yeah. Manager, Sammy yeah. Lee. Um, I mean, that Sammy Lee against Jim Breaks would be amazing. That would, I would, uh, I would pay to see that. I'd certainly pay to watch that. But yeah, no, Sammy Lee when he used to wear the Game of Death esque Bruce Lee uh, yellow jumpsuit. Uh, but it was wonderful. It was great, and it's funny because like a lot of people talk about Tiger Mask and Dynamite, and rightfully so, 
because uh, they are incredible matches. But for me, Tiger Mask and Black Tiger and uh, Mark Rocco were even better matches. There is a match that exists uh, from sort of the early 80s to mid 80s where they actually have a match in Japan that has British rules. So there's rounds. Nice. And there is one bit where Rocco, as Black Tiger, as the, the rounds are going deeper, gets his stool and just throws it at him and just starts <laughs> beating the tar out of him. And I loved it because Rocco was just a wonderful, wonderful I, 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 I am desperate to one day hopefully convince uh, uh, Rollable Rocco to have a chat with me on for this because he was a big part of my childhood, watching, yeah. certainly watching World of Sport and, um, and the best moustache Yes, in wrestling history. Can I just a random thought that just crossed my mind? If there isn't currently a Black Tiger, mm. and I don't believe there is, no. who I think would make a fantastic Black Tiger for 2016? Cool. Pete Dunne. That is, oh, that's a good Absolutely shout. fantastic shout. And I saw um, yesterday um, after the, the Rev Pro Show uh, uh, your call yesterday that Will Ospreay was was very graciously putting putting Pete Dunne over, and Pete's fantastic. Pizza, he's he's uh, he's tremendously hardworking. His style is brilliant, and I think you know, I think that's a pretty good shout. I just a am, pretty I'm good now, shout. I'm, I'm mentally sort of doing the, the the creation suite thing of putting the mask on him. And, but what's know, what's really interesting good. about that is that the the Japanese wrestling, especially junior heavyweights, is immensely influenced by British wrestling mm-hmm. and British legends. Again, we you know we we know we've we spoke. You know, in our own spare time, is if you mention Wigan in Japan, their eyes light up and they think it's this mecca of a, a place when really it's this sort of you know, well, it's Wigan. Um, <laughs> but but a lot of a lot of a lot of it's home of pies, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot that goes nowhere. A lot of the junior heavyweight style is down to to British wrestlers and two massive British wrestlers that deserve all the credit in the world. And not to take it away from Dynamite, it's actually Mark Rocco and Marty Jones as mm. well. That you, you hear William Regal talk about their matches and like, I'm actually getting goosebumps, that's weird. <laughs> because they are incredible and they were so ahead of their time. And you've got to keep in mind that all these Tiger Mask matches that are happening against like the, the Cobra and El Solar are actually WWF Junior Heavyweight title matches. Yeah, of course, yeah. He was actually the only man to hold the WWF Junior Heavyweight title and the NWA Junior Heavyweight title at the same time. He did that twice. And I'm assuming that's just... That's the only title that's yes. ever... Yes. So he... Tiger Mask was in... He left New Japan, I think, around about 83. And the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title was created in about 86. So he actually never held the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Um, which is, again, kind of crazy. Because neither did Dynamite and neither did any of them guys. But, yeah, like, for me, Tiger Mask is just... He, he just does it all. He's just wonderful. And he... Yeah, I like... Like I said, like no Tiger Mask, there'd be no Liger, there'd be no Ultimo Dragon, there'd be no, mm. there'd be well, there'd be no junior heavyweight division. So yeah, he's definitely my favourite New Japan wrestler. Um, Christopher, your favourite all-time New Japan wrestler. <laughs> and bearing in mind, we've already explained you're coming into this with a slightly different uh, viewpoint because you you are not. I mean, I think the level of nerdiness is Matt, then me, then you. <laughs> um, uh, like I I love Japanese wrestling, but you know. <coughs> I, I'm I'm I cannot I cannot match up to Matt's Matt's love of it. Don't think, so I don't think it's healthy with Matt. I mean, he doesn't even leave his house. We're gonna have to put him back in his box like the gimp when we get back. Yeah, with his old Japan world and his <laughs> uh, his iPad. Um, so all time for you. 
all time for me. And, I, and I'm fully aware that I'm going to be the guy who goes, my favourite movie is the last one I saw. Like going up to a Marvel fan and saying, hey, you know what? Civil War is the best movie that they've ever made. <laughs> and you'll go, well, Civil War was good, but um, Nakamura has opened my eyes. I was prepared for him to be good. I was prepared for him to be really good. I was not prepared for him to blow my mind the way he did. I was lucky enough to be at TakeOver. Mm-hmm. So I saw his match with Sami Zayn. And again, it's a bit of a goosebumps thing going back to that. In that he could have come out and been all right. Yeah. But he was magnificent. Um, That's the problem with hype as well. Is, yeah. is people can expect too you've, much. You've got to live up to it. And I think what's nice, you see the opposite of that in the Cruiserweight Classic now. Where a lot of the guys who haven't had the hype, including a good friend of ours... Um, will will exceed the hype. And I think that some of the guys with all the hype might struggle to live up to it. Mm. Um, but he lived up to it. Then I saw him in a field in Derbyshire. <laughs> 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 Walk out in a field in Derbyshire and have a load of metalheads in what was, quite frankly, refugee conditions over download weekend. Yeah. Going mad for him as well. And I, I was on board that hype train. Then I saw him again in Liverpool. He is magnificent to watch. And he's unique. He's one of those guys where I think 2K are going to be really excited because they're going to have to get him in to put ping pong balls on him to do his moves. Mm. I don't think anyone can do him the way he does. And it's Um, something I really enjoyed his matches. So right now, he would be, from all the guys I've seen from New Japan, he's the guy who struck a chord with me the most. Yeah, Um, I'm going to bring in someone who um, is also sat in the room with us at this point. Hey, wife. Hiya. Um... You like Nakamura for one reason, don't you? You um, well, I mean, at the minute, um, right? So, um, my wife is currently very pregnant, and one of the things she's looking forward to most when she is given birth is nothing to do with being able to lie on her stomach. It's all to do with Shinsuke Nakamura, um, uh, and that is you want to do his 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 thing he does when he gets. I can do it. I just need to get this baby out. Here we go. Um, uh, uh, and also, my wife, a uh, big fan of Queen, and therefore can totally appreciate the Freddie Mercury. Yeah. If, and it's a legit thing. Yeah. He is a fan of Freddie Mercury, and that's yeah. why, and Michael Jackson, and that's why yeah. he does that. He's just—we've said this countless times on the podcast before. He's got all of the charisma in the world, um, which leads me to who I've chosen for my all-time favorite uh, New Japan competitor, which is the Great Muta. Yeah. Um, who again? The first time I ever saw him was in WCW. In the uh, in the late eighties, early nineties, the first time I was ever aware of him, I, I remember seeing a picture in a wrestling magazine. Do you know the wrestling magazines you used to be able to get that gave people's real names away in it? Oh, oh, oh. so I remember seeing a picture of him and going, "Hang on a minute, this is a, this is a dude with face paint on, and he spits mist." Which I, every created wrestler I've ever made, based on myself on any video <laughs> game, spits mist for this reason. Um, I, 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 I've just always loved him, and then. When I started really getting into me wrestling when I was at uni, um, I saw um, I saw a match that I'm going to talk about in a bit, which made me love him even more. And then another match that made me love him even more, which again I mentioned in a while. And and it, it also he was always there was loads of video games with characters that like shonky knockoffs of him. Yeah, that were in in and the first wrestler I ever saw do a moonsault, which remains one of my favourite moves ever. Right, because it's just a dead simple. I just remember seeing him doing a moonsault and going, oh, oh my god. He's just done a backflip. This is quite bizarre. But was brilliant. And has managed to... Like, there was a point where he was wrestling as the Great Muto and as Keiji Muto. Yeah. And no one was going, 
you know that's a, like he's wrestling twice on on shows and no one was going you know it's the same guy right <laughs> it's like no no I'm going to acknowledge it like it, we're, we're just going to carry on and people are going to be totally fine with it I hope there was one guy just, <laughs> just the Tokyo Dome wait a minute <laughs> Come on, I can't be the only one seeing this. Come on. <laughs> Look, it's just... just oh. Like when Hogan saw our little warrior in the mirror. It's like, why is no one else seeing this? <laughs> um, so, um, I, I love Musa. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get on, because we've been asked about great matches and stuff, so I'm, I'm going to get on to those in a sec. Um, but always, always love great Musa. And uh, and I love that the mist that he spits has different properties. Yes. Um, do you know? Do you know what the different mist properties I, are? Do you know what? Even my nerdiness isn't because the black one's the worst. Yes. That, the yeah. black's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and um, you can genuinely find a guide to what the different colour mist. Believe the easy. blue one fights bacterial infection. <laughs> 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 the blue one is used to test dampness. In the <laughs> Didn't he get someone pregnant in hustle? <laughs> That sounds like something that probably it, it would have true. happened. It's yeah. true. There was a woman in in Hustle. What was her name? The uh, the, the underway model who um who wrestled for them. Wrestled, yeah. And he misted her in the crutch, and she became pregnant and gave birth to their child, which of course was Akabona. Oh, of course. oh yeah, yeah. I've read about this. Um, I'm assuming that was a long birth. Utterly, utterly ridiculous. Do you know what I think is really interesting? The three guys that we we, we chose is like Tiger Mask, Nakamura, and, and Muta. The the reason why we're still talking about them is because they sort of trans like they go further than wrestling. They're not yeah. just good wrestling. They're pop culture. They're like they're iconic. Yeah, and it's it, their their image and their presentations almost isn't as important as what they do in the ring. And I think that's super cool because like you're not going to walk down the street these days, which is a great thing. And you're wearing a Tiger Mask t-shirt or a Nakamura t-shirt or a Muta t-shirt. And nine times out of ten, if you're in the right sort of area or sort of environment, it's like, oh, dude, that's a sweet t-shirt. What's going on with that? It's really cool. So I think it's interesting that like, we had three very different choices, but three quite mm. No, similar. I think you're right, man. I'm, I'm going to go first with the current choice. Um, uh, I, I choose Tetsuya Naito. Yep. Um, up until recently the uh, fairly shortly reigning uh, IWGP heavyweight champion the reason I'm choosing him is because he's a prick and he's brilliant at it yep. absolutely brilliant at it um, he's got his own stable Matt what's his stable called Matt? Los Ingobles Ingobles it's one of the lads the lads basically Los Ingobles Los Ingobles right it's the hardest word and I thought it was just me, terrible at reading a Spanish word. And it turns out, I don't think I've ever met, like John from Progress, I was chatting to him about it, and he went, it's easy to say, and then proceeded to not be able to say it for five minutes. <laughs> so it's a really difficult... Basically, he's got his own stable. Yeah. His stable is great. Yeah, he's Him, at the, at the, and the best thing about Naito is they really, really wanted him to be a, a babyface that everybody loved. And the Japanese crowds did not take to him. Nope. At all. So they basically said to him, you can be a prick if you want. That's his gimmick. Um, he does a thing where he holds his eye open. He's my favourite moment in wrestling this year when he won the most respected title in the world, the IWGP heavyweight title. He just threw it over his shoulder, didn't care. Right? It's one of the best things I've seen in forever. He is brilliant. And he's got a stable uh, with uh, Bushi, mass wrestler. Um, evil, written in capitals. That's my favourite wrestler name of all time. Yeah, just Evil. Um, and now Sonada as well, um, who, again, you may know from TNA, who's a fantastic wrestler. So he's got his own little stable going on, and he's having great matches, and he's allowed... It's almost like he was held back before by having to be a babyface, mm. and now he can just be a prick. And his charisma level, he's like 
Remember The Rock first turned heel? I do, yeah. It's that level of full-on bellendery that he's got going on. <laughs> it is wonderful to see. Um, uh, and uh, you know, he's in the G1, so we'll talk about him a bit more in a while. But he is great. And his match... Um, it, his match where he won the title from Okada is great. The match where he lost the title back to Okada is great. So, um, well worth watching on, on New Japan World. Um, I'm going to go Chris next for uh, current. God, there's a bead of sweat going down the side of my head. <laughs> it's it's hard to say because, again, I don't really watch it. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you who I have a bit of a soft spot based purely on what I've seen and of his image and from little bits and pieces. I really like Togi Makabe. Yeah. Because... What I see of him, he's a brick shit house with a chain around his neck. Yep. Um, whose ears look like they've been through a mangle, and and he just he just carries him. He's the kind of person I'd kind of like to be mates with, just from what I look at. <laughs> Not least of which because if you're in a pub with him, no one's going to mess you around, yeah. are they? And he's he's he just he strikes me as an interesting person with a lot of stories. He has he, he has been IWGP champion, hasn't he? I think so. Very yeah. briefly, mm. he was also part of a faction who were called GBH. And it stood for something mental, as it as it always does with, with, with uh, Japanese factions. Um, but there is no more fitting name for a man that no. wears a chain and has a move called the King Kong Lariat. Um, and what another reason that I love Japanese wrestling, regular listeners will be aware, I love a lariat. Oh, I love I... a lariat. Oh yeah. Oh, I love a lariat. Um, first thing I'm doing with our our kid when he's born is oh, just God. lariat. I'm not lariat anymore. <laughs> Don't worry. No. <laughs> as as the pregnant wife gets up to leave the room in disgust at us talking wrestling um, and, and, and to eat sweets um, so um, I, I think the, the, the nice thing about Maccabi is, is if you for example if you watch and it is possible you, you'll have to read up on how to do this and I'll try and give you some links later on um, if you watch New Japan World through a Chromecast you get special New Japan World wallpaper when you're waiting for the, the the stuff to beam across to it, so um, and Maccabi's always it's always their biggest stars that have got wallpaper, and there's only ever three or four of them. So when I first got New Japan World last year, AJ Styles was still there. So Styles, um, he had his own. He he was one. Okada was another. Tanahashi was another, uh, and Maccabi. They were the they were the four. And now it's Okada, Naito, uh, Tanahashi still. Uh, I think it's Maccabi and Shibata, I think, now. Um, but I, I think that's always quite a nice indicator. It's like if you're yeah. in WWE, you've got a load of merch, Yeah, your, your next six months is probably going to be all right. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, no, but I think that's a good choice. Who's yours, Matt? Uh, fairly obvious choice, but Okada, um, for a load of reasons. Purely because he was the guy that probably shouldn't have succeeded in the sense that he's actually a Toramon trainee. So course, he yeah. came from Toramon. Um, so if you in Toramon, they have certain classes. So they actually you actually have a graduation, which is amazing. Uh, and he was part of a Toramon class, which was called Toramon X, and it was a very failed um, spin-off because they did uh, Toramon uh, 2000 project, which gave birth to Yoshino, Masato Yoshino, uh, Milano Collection, uh, as well as others. Um, and the only real notable person from Toramon X was Taji Ishimori, who is now in Noah. Um, and yeah, he kind of came through this really awkward class, sort of went down to Mexico and, you know, stuck around with Ultimo Dragon. Like you said, turned up in TNA and no one really thought much of him. And all of a sudden he just became this franchise player that was 
just the coolest dude in the world ever. I kind of like that, though. I like it when someone... Steve Austin's a great example of this. Yeah. No one... He didn't sign with WWE, and they went, right, we're going to make... We, this is He's going to relaunch our company. He's going to yeah. save our company. No one looked at Steve Austin and thought that. Yeah. And I love it when stuff like that happens. You know, when, when The Rock is failing as a babyface, and they put him in a stable, like, oh, God, give him a three-year contract, we'll give him something to do. And then he makes out of it what he did. Not, I think... It's when people are, and I think this is a great example at the minute with Roman Reigns, in that people have looked at Roman Reigns and gone, well, he's clearly the future. Mm. And it's not always the person that you're expecting to, to, to see. It's that thing about when times are tough, you, you grip tighter when you need to let go. Mm. And I think that's the case. Uh, exceeding expectations. When expectations are high, people will more or less let you down most of the time. But when you don't see it coming, that's when people blow your mind. They catch you out of left field. And then they become stars. That's always been the way. I think yeah. the interesting thing with Okada is as well is that he is he he's evolved with New Japan because New Japan is very 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 much more sports entertainment now than it's ever been. And instead of just putting the same guys on top that had the same sort of matches, Okada is really incredibly diverse. Everyone's seen his drop kick; it's ridiculous. Mm. You know, it's one of the best drop kicks, and he is the guy that can have a match with anyone and that is what makes him so valuable um, and obviously Nakamura was that guy as well but I think he is such an asset to them because he's not even at his prime yet he's 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 basically like Tanahashi when Tanahashi was on the rise because again Tanahashi was far more dynamic than your y- Chonos and your Muters and all these you know past um, even Hashimoto like these past champions and I think Ricardo epitomizes where New Japan is now as a company, that it is not just the closed door policy that it used to be with, you know, Johnny Foreigner coming over every now and again and being a villain. It's 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 a hybrid wrestling company and he is a hybrid wrestler. Also, he's young. Yeah, he's, he's 28. He's 28. Yeah. And you bear in mind, Naito is 33. Yep. And Tanahashi, I think, is 38 or 39. He, Yeah, he's a lot older than, than he looks. Uh, and, <laughs> and Shibata and Ishii are both mid-30s. Yeah. And... Like it's traditional in Japan for you to reach your peak in your thirties. Yeah, you. It's, I mean, I'm, I, I could be wrong, but I'm fairly sure he's the youngest IWGP heavyweight. Champion. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong on that, but you know, for him to be trusted in that position, and he's mm. been trusted in that position for a good couple of years. Yeah. For him to be trusted in that position, he's really doing well yeah. because uh, you know what the the whole uh, and people might not be familiar with the whole sort of young boy system there which is you wrestle in plain black trunks mm. until you are deemed good enough yep. normally if you've been on an excursion then you are deemed good enough to have a character and have a little bit more flair to what you do and you're allowed to win matches and and but he's not that far removed from that system because no. he's only 28 yeah you know his excursion to TNA was not it wasn't 15 years ago no and it's crazy that he's been he's trusting yeah. that position um Next thing I want to do is talk about matches. Cool. Um, and uh, and again, we'll do this, and then we'll we'll go through the G1. We'll go through all the competitors in the G1. And I'll do little basic stuff like, because you might be watching it, and, and sometimes you might not necessarily pick up on who you're watching, because there's a lot of G1 matches. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll let you know little stats about the wrestlers, and we'll also let you know their finishing moves, mainly because uh, wrestling moves in Japan have the best names. Correct. The <laughs> best names Ever. Um, uh, so we'll do a little bit of, of that sort of stuff and we'll just chat about each competitor and we'll answer a few of your questions about, about New Japan and the G1 in general. Um, but I want to kind of highlight some matches that we, that we really, really like. Um, uh, I mean, let's, let's just let's go around and 
chat about a few of them. I know that this is probably going to be me, more me and Matt than you, Chris. Chris I'll be taking notes quietly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So um, I think this is how we'll do it. We'll sell them to Chris. That's what we'll okay, do. Okay, cool. That's probably the easiest way of us doing this. Um, which one are you going to pick first? Uh, my first match is Ghetto versus Prince Devitt from 2013 for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Now, here's the thing. Um, uh, Devitt had, uh, and if you're not familiar with who Prince Devitt is, uh, Finn Balor now uh, in, in uh, NXT. Um, now, Devitt had loads of great matches, and he was uh, junior heavyweight champion six times. Yes. I know, I had to announce it in a ring once I got ah. it, so that's the only reason to see me head. Um, so, six times, had a load of great matches. Uh, there's, uh, I remember watching... I remember watching one of him against uh, Neville Pack, as he was at the time, mm-hmm. which is a great match. Uh, one of him against El Generico. Yes. Uh, may or may not be somehow related to Sami Zayn. Um, uh, watching him have a, a great, a, a couple of great matches with Kota Ibushi. One amazing three-way match with Kota Ibushi and Loki, where Loki is dressed as the Hitman Agent character. 57. Yeah. yeah, I remember that one. Um, Loki's last match for New Japan. Was it? And you know, uh, there is very various rumours about why he was his last match, but it had something to do with his costume. Really? Yes. Did he break copyright rules, and that's why? Possibly. Um, I I I love Loki, um, but equally, I've heard I've heard he might be. He's. I think he, he comes across as possibly one of the sternest human beings in the world. That's a great word to describe stern. stern. Yes. Um, uh, but I, 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 throughout my love of indie wrestling, he's been a big. Him and Samoa Joe been big, and and um, Daniel Bryan have been big mainstays of the, my love of wrestling. So I love Loki, and that match was like, oh. And I watched that match because the first time I watched that match, I watched that match because I like Loki. Yeah. And then secondary, I liked Ibushi. Yeah. And. Devitt wasn't as big a deal to no. me, and then I watched it and went, "Oh no, no, he's he's great." And that was, of course, pre Bullet Club. Yes. Um, uh, so the whole Bullet Club phenomenon now, which is he's a bit, he's getting a bit NWOE, just a bit. It, do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's two, it, it, it was brilliant, and I mean, there are people still trying to make it brilliant. So the Young Bucks mm. are still trying to make that whole gimmick get, and, uh, and Omega as well mm. are still trying to make it work. Um, but it is a little bit like mm, it's not, it's not got the same gravitas it had. No. When when Devitt sort of started it, and it was it was brilliant. Well, the reason why I love the Ghetto and Devitt match mm. segue nice um, is because it was right at the beginning of the Bullet Club and Devitt going on the the sort of the run as this this villain. And um, the match came about is because he was chasing Okada because he wanted to make the step up from junior heavyweight division to the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as is usually the way uh, in Japanese wrestling, um, the shows leading up to a big show are usually multi-man tag matches or tag matches uh, between the sort of uh, feuding factions. So basically, Okada said, well, if you beat Ghetto and you hang on to your junior heavyweight title, I'll give you a match. So this is like how this match came about. And the reason I love this match is because it's old villain versus new villain. Mm -hmm. And that's the story of the match. So it's not a conventional babyface versus heel. Yeah. Ghetto is a dick. (laughs) <laughs> but he's but what's wonderful the story is he's a wise old veteran so there's 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 wonderful there's a wonderful sequence in the match where um ghetto uh rolls devit up for a near fall devit gets pushed off someone hits him in the head with a chair devit then rolls ghetto up one <laughs> two he gets sent off and then another member from chaos hits him in the chair <laughs> so it's this kind of wonderful game of like 
who's the dirtiest player yeah. in the game sort of thing. Uh, and it's just a wonderful match. It's, what, it's genuinely one of my favourite matches. Um, and then basically, for me, it, it cemented Devitt as this 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 Western villain that he he did so beautifully and did so well. Um, and he went on to have a blinding match with Okada as well. But yeah, that that's for me. It again, like you said about Devitt when he was he was teaming with Taguchi and Apollo Gogo, and like they had fun matches. They were always he was always the fun guy, and it was sort of like okay, he's the guy that has these matches, but. For me personally, it was I only started really taking interest when he became this this real rock and roller, and I think that match with Ghetto just cemented everything that he wanted to do. So I love that match. Like I um I if I have to ever talk to someone about why I like Japanese wrestling, I uh, I put on day four of the 2013 G1 Climax. And I watch, and it's a Meltzer five star match. And normally you go, oh, Meltzer five star matches are all forty minutes long. It's, nearly everyone with a card yeah, and Tanahashi yeah. in is forty yeah. minutes long. Um, this match is eleven minutes long, yeah, because uh, it's Shibata against Ishii, and uh, they kill each other yeah. for eleven minutes. It's brilliant. You, I showed it my wife, and went, "This is Japanese wrestling." She and and and. Uh, I've explained this several times on the podcast. My wife's not a wrestling fan. She likes it, but she's not like I am. And she she watched it and just went, God, that's good, isn't it? And she's seen it more than once because I've shown other people it when they've come to the house and gone, look, look how good this is. You've got a man who is terrifying in Ishii and you've got a man who looks like he works in a bank but does <laughs> jiu-jitsu at weekends in Shibata and they murder each other. Yeah. And, and the whole... Uh, the the fact that they've got a really good rivalry going on because they train together and everything just makes it tremendous. And there's that match is so stiff. Yes, so a, a lot of New Japan matches are stiff. That is frighteningly stiff. Like I'll be honest, if if we had a match in progress that was that stiff, I'd tell the boys off. Yes, mm-hmm. it's that, but it's not my company, and therefore I can enjoy it. Yes. So um, <laughs> so that's um, you almost feel guilty for liking it. Like yeah. you're like, ooh, ooh. Is it is it getting to the point where it's almost into that death match thing where you're enjoying it, but you really think they shouldn't be doing that to each other? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, that's that's not actually a bad comparison. It's it, just we, we again we were talking about it, and the the, the thing that always. St- stood out in the, their little series of matches with this it was a chop to the throat yeah which is a chop's horrendous anyway but actually hitting a man in the throat with your with you and it's not it's not like a flat palm it's an actual sign mm. of his hand oh. into the it's just oh. Uh, oh also when you watch that match as well and then you go to uh and uh pretty much any indie show in the world mm-hmm. so japan europe britain america There'll be one match on every show now where there'll be a big strike battle in the middle of the ring. Um, I, I think it all stems from that match. I think that was the match. Everyone went... When that match came out, everyone sort of went and watched it because it, mm-hmm. a five-star rating's rare and everyone went... Everyone expected five-star ratings for Okada Tanahashi matches, but no one really expected it for an Ishii Shibata match. I mean, Shibata had been doing MMA for a while, so he, mm-hmm. he wasn't that far back into his New Japan career at the time. And people... People sort it out and watched it, and it did. It's influenced a lot of independent wrestling because there's a lot of striking, and there's a point in that match where they're, they're they're taking in turns to hit each other, and they've done it in every match since. And it's actually a, way, a nice way for them to have a breather because they're killing each other, and they're and they're taking in turns hitting each other. So what what they're doing is, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, it's forearms and elbows from Ishii, 
and it's kicks from Shibata and they're taking in turns doing it and eventually Ishii stands up after a kick and then just falls straight down again and it's like watching MMA because it's and, and you're watching it going I don't know how much of this is legit because it's it really does blur the lines and clearly they're obviously very good friends who trust each other massively otherwise they won't be doing it but it's it's wonderful and they had a, a match in the G1 the next year that was nearly as good it wasn't mm. it's so difficult to get that 11 minute match that good and the best bit is that match did not need to be more than 11 minutes long because no. if it was 25 minutes long someone would have died mm. and i i don't want that happening it's believable you know yeah. i i i've ex- i was explaining this to someone when i was talking about super strong style this year and somewhat, I think our final match in Super Strong Style was, I think, maybe seven minutes long. Hmm. But Mark Andrews had wrestled five times, Tommy Ender wrestled four times, and Tommy kicks you in the face. Yes. That match that, that match did not need to be 40 minutes long. No. Everyone's tired, and it, and it's believable. And luckily, when I've read reviews of it, people have people have gone, yeah, it's perfectly acceptable that match, because Tommy had a 20-minute long match with Chris Hero. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Um, I'm going to go next okay. uh, uh, and pick an older one. Um and I'm going to explain something for if you're if you're not necessarily um, super super nerdy about wrestling, I'm going to explain something that came out of this match. Um, I love the Great Muta. I've mentioned this before. There's two matches you should seek out from the Great Muta. Um, one is uh, the match uh, a match that he had against the uh, artist known in WWE as Hakushi. Yes, I put that on my list. Yeah, as yeah. Jinzai Shinzaki. Yeah, and this is like when we had the last Progress Show in Manchester. I introduced. Uh, a heaven versus Hell match, which is Pastor William Eva, yeah. Heaven, uh, uh, Mikey Whiplash, Hell, right? And that's a really easy narrative. The best time that narrative has ever been done has been Jinzei Shinzaki, who's a fucking monk, yep, <laughs> yep, against the great Muta, who's the fucking devil, correct? Like, and like Muta, you remember what Muta came out wearing that? Was it the one he had like the ser- is it like a serpent? He had like a dragon on his yeah, shoulder that it, breathed yeah. fire. Yeah, I knew something, bro. Yeah, there's yeah. fire involved. Yeah. And that match is at one point, uh, at one point, um, Muta stabs Shinzaki in the yes. eye during that match. It's Insane, and Shinzaki didn't have a massive New Japan run. He was no. um, he was all over the place. Very much he was Michinoku Pro, and then he had um, he, he, he had a few matches in uh, FMW, which but, was the hardcore promotion. But he, I mean, it's a wonderful match if you ever want to see like the, the crowd reactions are properly because Muta could be babyface or heel, but it it's, worked better as a heel for me. It's for it's it's a spectacle. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, the, the show is it's 1996, and the show is called Battle Formation because I made sure I researched it. Good lad. Um, one of the best. That's why you're here, mate? I know. One of the best reactions is um, uh, Shinzaki comes out uh, with it, it's it's all to do with like um, sort of Eastern Buddhism. He comes out with um, like a, a wooden pallet with yes. with uh, like sort of writing scripture and sc- scripture on it. That's the word. Uh, and in one of the biggest reactions in that match, Muta proceeds to pick it up and snap it in half. <laughs> And it's that wonderful moment. You go, oh, you're a dick. And then he starts stabbing Shinzaki in the head with it. And you're like, oh my God, you're such a dick. It's um, that's that's one of my favourite Muta matches. It's, yes. uh, but it's probably not the most famous one. The most famous great Muta match uh, is uh, the 14th of December, 1992. Um, it's the great Muta against a man who's now a politician, Hiroshi, Hiroshi Hayes. Um, he also wrestled in America quite a bit, didn't he? Yeah, I think he, I think he was part of WCW. Um, this is where something called the Muta scale comes from. If you don't know what the Muta scale is, 
when someone bleeds in a match, and bleeding in matches is rarer and rarer and rarer these days, because unless you're watching death matches, where the blood is fairly legit from being hit with glass and whatever, as a rule, wrestlers don't tend to do what they used to do and gig themselves and bleed because of various various reasons, some very adequately explained by wrestlers like Nigel McGuinness, um, uh, down to just people, wrestling isn't what, it, people don't need to bleed to get no. the reaction they used to. In this match, though, there is the most blood <laughs> In the history of wrestling, um, the the WWE comparison for this would be JBL against Eddie Guerrero. Oh God, yeah, that's the comparison, yeah. in, and that is still not as gory as this match. Mm. And bearing in mind, in this match, only one person really bleeds, and that's Muta. And Muta's the heel, which makes it very unusual because mm-hmm. uh, normally bleeding is, is you know is the source of uh, of, of uh, getting sympathy for a babyface. Not in this match. Um, and there's a point in this match, and you can see it. This match is actually on YouTube. And you can see during this match, there's a point where Hayes, who is uh, who is a fairly virtuous babyface with a lovely mullet and moustache combination. Oh, yeah, fantastic. He actually bites Muta's forehead while he's bleeding and spits part of his forehead across the ring. That is horrible. Um, so just so you're aware, um, 1.0 on the Muta scale is bleeding as much as Muta bled in this match. Yes. It is impossible to bleed more without dying in a match. (laughs) Um, I think it's been proven. Eddie Guerrero, JBL, is maybe 0.8 on the Muta scale. Um, Every Ric Flair match between 1986 and 1996 Mm. was 0.8. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Point three on the Muta scale. Um, just so you know, so is it, it's, in future, if we reference the Muta scale, this is where it comes from. That match is, it's a great match as well. It's a great match full of emotion. But, I mean, um, I'll just show, I'll quickly show Chris a picture. That's mm. a picture of Hayes covered in Muta's blood. Oh, yeah. At one point, that- you're like, he, surely he's bleeding. No, nope, it's just all the blood that's come out of Muta. That really is the, well, you should see the other guy. <laughs> isn't it? it is. And and it's such a famous match that I yeah. thought it'd be it'd be strange not to, not to bring it up. I love how, like, the Muta scene to bring out 
in 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 terms of competition, the best in his opponents, but also the worst in the, the yeah. person. And it's great storytelling. It's it's when Liger starts donning the black uh, bodysuit, and you know shit's on, yeah. and it's great. Um, one of one and, and really another fun Muta match, which is a very on Muta match. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, is the Great Muta versus the Great Nita, which was oh Nita wow. from FMW, yeah. and they actually had a death match in in New Japan, um, which is ridiculous fun. I think it might be a no rope barbed wire match uh, with various other exploding things, um, and that was a wonderful non New Japan sort of S match, which is worth it. And it's actually on New Japan World, so it's worth watching. Um pick another match and then I'm gonna ask you to recommend some shows. The reason this this question came about by the way, um because uh, Steve Dawson tweeted uh, hashtag choosing Nigel uh, saying what New Japan shows will we recommend to get into the company and I went down the route of recommending a couple of matches you've done you'll do a couple of matches but also I think with your knowledge you'll probably be able to recommend a couple of shows as well so uh, so my second match is kind of actually um will lead on to the show because the whole show is just phenomenal. Another Meltzer Five star classic, nice. uh, and that is the Super J Cup from 1994, which is a classic, the first ever Super J Cup. And the match is uh, the great Sasuke versus a gentleman called Wild Pegasus, who would later go on to be Chris Benoit. Regardless of that, it is a phenomenal match. It's it is. Uh, it's one of the first matches I was desperate to get on tape. It the was, whole I got the whole tournament on tape. Uh, it's it's it, it's the tape traders hipster, you know gold-plated vinyl record that's made out of gluten-free And just so bread. you're aware, the opposite of that, the Grand Theft Auto of the tape traders thing, um, where I always use Grand Theft Auto as an example. I love Grand Theft Auto V. I think it's one of the yeah. most amazing pieces of art that's ever been made by human beings. Mm-hmm. However, when I queued up at an Asda in North Wales to buy it, <laughs> I was certain of the, of the, the 150 people in the queue, I was the only person who was going to appreciate it on a deep yeah. artistic level. Um, so this is why I'm using Grand Theft Auto as an example. The Grand Theft Auto to take traders yeah. was the mass transit incident uh, in ECW, uh, which was uh, was 1.0 on the motor scale. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, continue. Yeah, no, but it's, it's just a great match, but it's a great combination, um, sort of like a great finish to, to an amazing show. It's like Liger, Olmo Dragon, uh, Black Tiger 2, which was Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. I think, oh God, my brain's going out. I don't think Malenko was in this year. I think he was in the year. I think he was in '95. Ghetto's in there. Yeah. Um. I think Super Super Delphin has Liger in one of the matches as well. So that, did Super Delphin do the crab walk? Uh, no, I don't think he did. Oh, that's a shame. That is wow. You really tested my brain here. Um. <laughs> but it's 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 just it's just a great tournament and and it still holds up today. And it's 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 something special when it's the first mm. and I'm so happy that they're bringing back the Super J Cup this year it's, indeed it's in August I believe so that'd be cool because it's, it's, a, it's a, um, to, to explain it's a single uh, one night tournament yeah a single uh, single elimination it is single elimination yes. uh, so it's a little bit different from G, uh, G1 and Best of Super Juniors which is divided into blocks yeah. so and that's what we'd say to you Steve as well is, is if you want to check out shows New Japan's quite easy in terms of in terms of finding uh, a sort of benchmark, because you've got you've got Wrestle Kingdom every fourth of January, yep. you can watch all of those on New Japan World. You've got all the G One matches, which, as a rule, nearly every G One match tends to be all right at the very least. So, and you've got all the Battle of Super Junior matches yeah. a couple of months before that, and most of those tend to be really good. So you can't really go wrong. And then they do have the big shows yeah. in various cities. Wrestle Kingdom being a big one. Uh, Dominion being another big one, for example. So um, they're all worth sort of checking out. I seem to remember, I mean, you mentioned Battle Formation 96. Now, mm. a lot of my knowledge 
of that period is from reading it in Power Slam. But from what I remember, that'd be a kind of show that might draw me in because there was a lot of West, if, especially if you're brand new to Japanese wrestling, there's a lot of Western names on there as well. I think mm. the Steiners, the Road yes. Warriors, uh, and a few other guys out there. So I think I seem to remember that being a good mix. Was that the one with Takada and Hashimoto in the main event? It could well be. And I, I should know that. Because that was, I'm, I'm, that I'm, you don't have to know everything. Again, yeah. I feel like I do. <laughs> Again, you don't you have let to know. yourself no down. I know. Family down. No one's gonna. No one's gonna renew. No one's gonna sort of revoke your smart mark <laughs> license, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> Coming from you, that means a lot. Cheers, dude. <laughs> Jim Swan certified. <laughs> He's gonna want a certificate now. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, I'll get the printer because on. there was the that was where the NWO thing was inspired yeah. by, wasn't it? Yeah. Because they had New Japan with a UWFI invasion, so they yeah. did the matches between Muta of uh, uh, Muto and Takada, mm. and then with with Hashimoto. And I'm fairly sure that it led to Battle Formation '96. So you have a big match at the top. You've got lots of interesting. I think it was a was it the Steiners and Scott Norton in a match. Scott Norton, the man that was. St- for some reason, almost godlike in Japan, they love that man. Good at arm wrestling, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, just, just, it's bizarre. I just remember it was in, in WCW NWO Revenge. His finishing move was a shoulder breaker. That was great. That's not a finisher, is it? Hey, hey, hey it was Godfather down. use a shoulder breaker yeah. for a while? Papa Shango. Godfather's, Godfather's, Godfather's move a finisher was a, a Death Valley driver. Oh, okay. Was it Papa Shango then? It's called a hoe drop. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was a shoulder. Pimp drop. Oh, I've seen, I've seen the Godfather mm. use the shoulder breaker. Oh yeah, he, he, yeah, usually it was a settle move. But it, yeah. Like it's a nineteen ninety one finisher, <laughs> isn't it? I'm going to start a new hashtag: pray for shoulder breakers. <laughs> I want, I want, just someone. If you're an indie wrestler, listen to this now. You're thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to make my splash on the world. Use a shin breaker as your finisher. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one where you lift them up by yeah. the shin, drop them, drop their shin over your knee like an atomic drop, full flare. Just, just do that and then pin them. Don't, don't, don't even put them in a figure four. Just shin breaker pin. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Reinventing wrestling. Um, one more question before we get to the G1 itself. And we, we've mentioned the MMA thing and the UWFI influence. Mm-hmm. And you will occasionally watch a New Japan show where they will have, for example, the Gracie brothers on, or they'll have Sakuraba on, who's got his, mm-hmm. his MMA background. A lot of the guys in New Japan, past and present, have got an MMA background, uh, including Nakamura, who yeah. you know who was involved in it. Shibata, heavily involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and this is a question that came uh, from Shane Kiley. Uh, I don't know if he's related to uh, former Charlton goalkeeper Dean Kiley. Um, he said, "Do we think the decline in MMA in Japan?" This is a very intelligent question. Oh. This is the this is set. You've set the bar, Shane. <laughs> um, only Matt's probably going to be able to answer this. Um, do we think the decline in MMA in Japan in the late two thousands benefited New Japan in the long run? Because they moved, uh, presuming means because they moved away from in the early noughties, they were doing a lot of. We have people like Don Fry, who we mentioned yeah, before we, yeah. we started recording. And do, do we think it's made for their product being more interesting? Because let's say that the MM, let's say MMA was as big in Japan as it is now in the states. Mm. Um, would we see like two or three junior matches on shows, or would it be more shoot fighty esque matches on the shows? Because that's where it was going. Yeah, wasn't it? I think I, I think the biggest. I, I mean, the way that I perceive it is, I think the biggest thing that that moved New Japan forward in terms of going more sports entertainment was Anoki relinquishing control. Because the MMA influence and this almost borderline obsession with legitimacy in terms of pro wrestling came from Anoki, and um, I think when he when he moved 
on and uh, is it Bushi Road that now own it? There's there's a, there's it's, yes. a, it's a, a bigger corporation, major corporation. Yes. I think they. It was a real down period for New Japan because again, a few years ago, I've got a few years, probably like ten years ago, but you had you didn't just have, uh, for instance, All Japan. You had Noah who was super hot, and they had like Akiyama and Misawa and Kabashi, and then you even have places like Zero One, which is Hashimoto's promotion. And where's Samoa Joe? Samoa Joe, yep. yeah, and and. It, so New Japan wasn't that hot, and it's it's kind of funny because it's only really been, you know, the last five to eight years maybe that they've really they, they've been really ex- expanded to this, uh, the sense that they are what's considered to be the the second biggest promotion in the world. And I think I think to be honest with you, I think as much as we would like to say. Oh no, WWE don't dictate everything. I still think, in a way, they influence it heavily, and and I think New Japan probably realised that that uh, WWE was this massive sort of sports entertainment thing. They realised that it, it transcended just wrestling fans. So I think the 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 move away from MMA would have not happened naturally, mm. but then the, the MMA in Japan's kind of odd because. Not since Pride has yeah. MMA in Japan been really big, and then Pride was like the wild, wild west. No one was getting pot for drugs, so you had Vandalay Silver just performing enhanced, drugged up to his eyeballs, just smack allegedly, everyone. allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, because hey, mate, you don't want him hunting you down. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, like well, I, I was gonna say well, like Mark Coleman is all natural, but I'm not scared about Mark Coleman because he'd have to chase me first, and he can't run. So, um, but yeah, like not since Pride. Has there been a massive company? And then before Pride, it was Pancrase, which mm. then gave birth to Ken Shamrock and Minara Suzuki, uh, among others. And a train station in London. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst joke I've ever I understand that reference. <laughs> um, the other thing you, you, you briefly touched on there as well is, is business at the minute for New Japan is up. Yes. And New Japan World's helping, yep. but business is up. Yeah. Eight years ago, they were drawing for... for Maybe eight, maybe ten years ago, they were only drawing maybe twenty thousand people yeah. for their Tokyo Dome show. Now, bearing in mind that place holds fifty five thousand people, yeah. that is worrying. And it was a long time before it was. It was maybe when um, when Prince Devitt was still there that they started drawing really good yeah. crowds, and they, and they've kept it at that level. And you look now, most of their shows sell out. Yeah. Which I mean, you can't sell every show out. WWE don't sell every show out. No, um, uh, you know, eventually you reach a point where you stop selling stuff out because you're doing so much. But I do think that they're on a they're on a, a big upswing at the minute, and it's great that they've got such a reputation that people are starting to plan holidays going over yeah, there, yeah. which I find like I'd love to. I, I, I've just my daughter when my daughter's eighteen, she wants to go to Japan, and I said I'll take you, but on one condition, we've got to go in January because yeah. I really want to yeah. go. To, I want to go to Wrestle Kingdom. Beautifully done. Um, right. Um, we're going to talk about the the two sides of the G one bracket now. I'm aware this is not uh, at no point am I going to claim this is a mini episode. This is going to until we've explained New Japan, we're carrying on, um, <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to seriously. Nando's. He's locked the door. <laughs> it's like that SpongeBob SquarePants clip <laughs> two hours later. Uh, the, wife, <laughs> the wife's the wife's just gone to have a nap. That's um, now um, I'm going to mention this. I will have mentioned this at the start of the podcast, and I will tweet a link to it. Um, there's a guy called David Garcia on Twitter who was made an amazing Excel spreadsheet that you can either keep on your computer or you can print out 
and put all the G1 results in. And it tells you Amazing. when all the matches are. Amazing. And it's wonderful, wonderful work. Uh, on Twitter, I will mention it earlier and later as well, um, uh, is, uh, is MalonEd1. Uh, uh, M-A-L-O-N-E-D-1 on Twitter um, I've already said to him mate uh, I'm going to mention it on my podcast you might want to pin it to the top of your Twitter feed so people can find it um, uh, but um, uh, he's a super he's an American guy put it together uh, super dude uh, and it's brilliant and loads of people have already tweeted at me so we'll make sure that loads and loads of people and, and you know if you use it just send David a tweet and show him some love because you know he, he made it for his own amusement, put it up. Loads of people have latched onto it. Now, this podcast has latched onto it as well. So, um, you know, send him some love because he's a good guy. Um, right, what we're going to do, we'll go through block A first. Um, there's two blocks in the G1, um, uh, uh, two blocks of names. And what we'll do is we'll go through each name uh, in turn. Um, and we'll, I think we'll rate their chances. Okay. That's what we'll do. We'll rate their chances of, uh, of winning the whole thing. Okay. And I'll probably make sort of borderline racist comments about how funny their names are. Yes. <laughs> You won't. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, very brief aside, do you know what the best thing I've ever heard, one of the best things I've ever heard in wrestling is, it was uh, the King of Europe Cup, sweet Stevie Aaron from uh, 3CW and now NGW fame, yeah. announcing Japanese wrestlers in the thickest Geordie accent you can imagine. <laughs> the, just just try it yourself, you know, uh, give me a wrestler name. Uh, okay. uh, Kazuchika Okada. Kazuchika Okada. <laughs> Kiji Muto. <laughs> Masahiro Chono. Koto Abushi. Koto Abushi. <laughs> so good. It's it is so good. good. It, it's ha- he, he should be over there right now. Yeah. If, uh, if you'd like to suggest an accent that's better to announce <laughs> Japanese wrestler names in, uh, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Um, I get so many tweets, which, and I'll because for- I'm aware that people don't necessarily listen to this on the Tuesday it comes out. Mm. So there'll be people still listening to the draft episode, me and you did, or episode one. <laughs> so I'll get people tweeting me, and I'm like, why have I? Oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> oh, I, I, I occasionally like the one where we, uh, one of the roundtable ones where we talked about who the most attractive wrestlers were. <laughs> and every now and again, I'll just get a tweet from someone, someone going, "Oh, Seth Rollins is all right, isn't he?" I'm like, <laughs> "So, you're, so in about six months' time, when you get hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw Broad Welsh, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, Valley's Welsh." Um, <laughs> right, Block A. Um, and G one it has it has semis, doesn't it? It has semi finals. I don't know anymore. Because it, it keeps has, getting it has bigger done. and bigger. Because it has done. Let's well, what we'll do is we'll pick we'll pick a finalist from block A, okay. a finalist from block B yeah. and an overall winner, and we'll rate people's chances as we're going through. Okay. okay. So uh block A and this is uh done vaguely in alphabetical order. Um uh, from the Bullet Club, uh Bad Luck Farley. Uh, one, one time IWGP Intercontinental Champion uh, one time never open weight six man tag team champion but at the minute there's three of us we're probably in line to win it yeah. at some point in I the next ten days we've won and lost it yeah. since the start of this podcast um, if you don't know anything about Farley he is part of Bullet Club he is Tongan uh, he used to be a rugby union player uh, before he, he started training um, in sort of Japanese terms because uh, Japanese wrestlers as a rule don't tend to be there don't tend to be many sort of 6 or 8 inch guys he's 6 foot 4 which means he looks quite tall yes. compared to some of the other guys that are around um, uh, and he's been around Bullet Club for quite some time he was the Bullet Club enforcer character until he, Scott Hall's son Cody started doing it quite a bit he was the first member of Bullet Club because he was Prince cool. Devitt's bodyguard. So Carl Anderson and Tamatonga came after him. Um, he was announced as his, his bouncer. His nickname, yeah. of course, is The Underboss. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, uh, I did mention that I would uh, I would talk about uh, wrestling move names, just because I love doing this. 
Um, so various moves uh, attributed to Bad Luck Farley. Uh, the Bad Luck Fall, which is a throwing crucifix powerbomb. Of course. Uh, uh, the uh, Choke Lariat Grenade, which is a choke slam, transitioned into a thumb thrust to the opponent's throat. I love a thumb thrust. Taking out of context, me saying, I love a thumb thrust. Hashtag, is that your... Oh, that's t- that because I jokingly said who buy merch, and and it turns out a lot of you would buy merch, and um and I love a thumb thrust is a oh, potential is a Just potential I thumb thrust I heart thumb thrust uh, Samoan drop obviously because he's from the Pacific Islands um uh, and T shock which is a double underhook overhead gut wrench backbreaker rat drop think Good. about double underhook overhead gut wrench backbreaker rack drop. It's nearly Death Valley, driver, Death Valley Driver-ish if I imagine it in my head. Um, Isn't that the Colt 45? No. I don't think it is. Because he does the double underhook up over to the Canadian backbreaker and then down. Oh, maybe. Answers on a postcard. Yeah. Uh, don't even tweet me this. Um, uh, Farley, though, he's all right. I mean, he's there's a couple of matches he had a couple of years ago where he he was... He was getting very good at just throwing people on their heads yeah. and looking massively intimidating because he is an intimidating looking dude. I don't think he's winning I don't think he's winning the G one. No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, like you said, singles wise, he's only really had matches sort of worth mentioning against Tanahashi. Mm. Um he's great in his role that he plays. He's big, he's scary, he looks great in six man, eight man tags comes in, but G one's always an interesting one. Um for him because it's not his first G one. Hmm. I think I think I mean he has beat Nakamura for the for the Intercontinental title. Yeah, I think which is it was I would imagine will possibly be the zenith of his Yeah, of his maybe. Career. He's he's a guy that'll be sort of mid mid table. Okay. Mid table. Mid table. He's Stoke. He's Stoke. <laughs> I was gonna say Stoke or Everton. <laughs> I was like I was like which one do I go for? Yeah he's yeah he's, if you're if you're an American listener, he's Oh, you don't really have leagues like we do. No. Um, he's not quite. He's nearly making the. He's nearly making a wild card in the playoffs. Is that all right? Thanks, America. <laughs> he's, um, he's the second best Jonas brother. He's not the first, mate. And he's I'd not like you to first. go to a massive Tongan dude and go. Listen, mate, you're the second best Jonas brother <laughs> of all the Jonases <laughs> in all the world. If you ever have to ring announce a show with Bad Luck Farley on, I will give you. I'll give you the keys to my car if you go. Uh, don't even announce him as Bad Luck Farley. Say former IWGP Intercontinental Champion, the second best Jonas brother, and then just get out the ring and run. You are acting like I won't. <laughs> Actually, I know you well enough to know you would do that. <laughs> um, block A, uh, Hiroki Goto. Um, good moustache. Uh, that's probably. Uh, I mean, uh, Goto is he's a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. Thirty-seven years old, still younger than me because it turns out I'm quite old. Um, uh, been wrestling since two thousand and three. Trained by Tenzan, um, like a lot of the guys, has had foreign excursions over to TNA. I believe Goto was mm. um, part uh, of Team Japan. Yeah, I mean that's generic, isn't it? Um, <laughs> he um, has a wonderful line in ring attire. Yes. As well with his and he's 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 solid. I don't see him at the peak of, of necessarily his journey towards um towards potentially winning the G one or anything like that. No. Um but he is part of Chaos, so he is part of uh, of an important stable. I believe the second newest member of Chaos, because he he joined around about the same time as Mr. Osprey. Indeed. 
Um, uh, it's, I love this. There's some great name moves there. Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, a lot of them are in Japanese. So I am going to ruin the pronunciation of these things because despite years of, you know, I, 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 when you watch the shows on New Japan World, you can choose to watch them in English. I never do. No. And there's nothing wrong with the English commentary. It's great. I just really like Japanese commentary. Do you know why it is? Because it's a Japanese wrestling match, much like Japanese commentary, builds to a crescendo. And it has to be the energy of the match coming up. And the Japanese commentary does that perfectly yes. because they understand the psychology of them. What's matches. the uh, my favorite bit of Japanese commentary is the uh, the tag match when uh, Kenta Kabashi came back from uh, his kidney problems. It was Kabashi and I forget the name of his partner. I want to say Azuka. Uh, against uh, against uh, Furness and Lafon, okay, uh, in all Japan, and when he wins it with the moonsault, and literally the commentator, he's like the Icelandic football commentator. Yes, it's yes, absolutely wonderful, and it makes an already brilliant match with a brilliantly yeah. lively crowd because it's in Osaka as well. It, oh, it's great. Um, so his, his finishing moves are these are the things you can look out for: uh, uh, Goto Shiki, cross-legged cradle. Uh, Goto Nishiki, I love it when there's a modified version, which is a modified arm wrench inside cradle. Uh, the GTR, which is a lariat into a backbreaker, which is a great move. And if you go on his Wikipedia page, you can actually see a gif of him doing it. Ooh. And it's a great move. Great move. I don't imagine it's a move that's easy to do massively safely. Um, <laughs> uh, go to Heaven, which is the wrist clutch mm-hmm. Olympic slam. I love, a, I love a wrist clutch added into a move as well. Instantly makes it more dangerous. Akiyama. Akiyama. King of the wrist, wrist clutch. Yeah, uh, that was... Uh, the Exploder 95. Correct, yeah. sir. Nerd. Nerds. Uh, Kaiten, which is the Leg Trap Sunset Flip Powerbomb. Shouten, uh, which is a vertical suplex side slam, which you, you would actually, you've seen a lot. You just don't know you have. Shouten um, Kai, vertical suplex sit-out side slam. And uh, Shoryu Kekai. It sounds like I'm just reading out Ryu and Ken's moves from Street Fighter at the minute. Up, which is a down, modified CT Up, down, left, left, right, punch. But Goto, I mean... He's decent, isn't he? But I mean, it'd be a, it, I could. It, it wouldn't be completely unexpected if he did well. But it, I think it'd still feel a little bit out of left field, bearing in mind the other people that are going to be in 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 band A, as it were. Yeah. Again, I think he. I think he's. He'll be there and thereabouts. I think. He, I think he might have a quite strong year this year. Um, I think he's sort of had a bit of a resurgence since he's joined Chaos. Um, and I think it'll be interesting because he, um, it, it's it's uh, Naito is a great great example of you can be the the almost guy, you can be the bridesmaids, and you can feel like you're always going to be the almost guy until something happens and you don't know what that thing happens. Mm. So I doubt he, I doubt that he'll go all the way, but I think he might be sort of uh, in the top three, top four of his block maybe. Uh, next is someone who I think has got a good chance, which is Tomohiro Ishii. Um, five foot seven inches tall, terrifying. Yes. Uh, nicknamed the Stone Pitbull for obvious reasons because he's literally made out of rock. Yes. Um, he is great. Uh, just uh, short squat. If you look up the word stocky mm-hmm. in a dictionary, there should be a picture of Tomohiro Ishii. Um, you may have seen him wrestle. He wrestled for Rev Pro in this country. Um, he's wrestled for Ring of Honor in the States. He is fantastic. Um, is he the television champion recently? I think he may. He's not at the minute, but he may. He has he may, been. Um, only has two finishing moves. They're very Japanese. Uh, one is the Brain Buster, of which is. is only ever done really well in Japan, uh, ever since Eddie Guerrero passed. He was very good at doing it. Um, and uh, also the Ishii Driller, 
which uh, you may know as the Steiner screwdriver, mm. uh, which was killing jobbers in Japan <laughs> during the 90s, um, which is a vertical hanging suplex into a pile driver. Mm. Yep. Somewhere there's going to be a trainee wrestler going, I think I know what my finisher is now. <laughs> but maybe wait a couple of years, eh? We've, um, maybe do seen, a shin breaker first. Um, <laughs> having seen um, T-Bone hit that very same move at a future shock ring. Whoa! Oh, I'll, I'll yes. level. My heart wasn't in my throat. I think it left my body. Oh god! Probably. Um, and T Bone's a safe pair of hands, but it's still a. Oh, it's it was, a scary. It was I believe he was, I believe me and you were on commentary at the time, and I was really impressed with the fact they didn't swear. <laughs> I just shouted, "Screwdriver!" <laughs> um, so, um, I mean, she's. I mean, he's, he's he's there or thereabouts, really, isn't he? I mean, he's he's, he's done well. He's he's had the never open weight title. I've and... got a feeling he might be the guy that ruins it for someone else. There's always there's always a guy in like a G1 or a best of super juniors that always sort of comes towards like the last couple of matches and when someone really needs to yeah win. really yeah, needs yeah, to yeah, win, yeah. he's going to be the guy that ruins it. And that's the thing because it's round robin and everyone wrestles everybody. Mm. The the actual work that goes into booking these things mm. is really hard. Yeah, because you've got to still have it. You're going to have a few. It's like watching the European Championships. Yeah, you're going to have a few dead rubber matches. But as a rule, that's why the the Ishii Shibata match I mentioned before was so impressive because in the grand scheme of the G1 that year, it meant very little. Yep, it was just really good. For the sake of being really good, yeah. and that's what you tend to get in New Japan. You're not going to get anyone phoning it in, no. right? But, um, but yeah, it's hard to towards the end of it where there's only maybe the chance of two or three people progressing. It's it's difficult to get it right. Am I right in thinking that it's it's one of those ones that could set the table for New Japan for years to come because mm-hmm. that's you know even away from quote unquote storylines, it's a chance for someone to prove themselves against folk. Because it used to be like this at Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble. You would see people squaring off that you wouldn't normally see have matches together. Yeah. And they're all interesting. They've all got that little... well, this, And that's where you get the little show stealers out of nowhere. It's like low expectations. Yep. You've blown my mind and then all of a sudden a star is born. Yep. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I think, think you're spot on. Yeah. Um, someone we mentioned before. Chris, you're a fan of him. Togi, uh, Togi Maccabee. Yeah, he's uh, going all the way this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean... He is great. Uh, I mean, he's, I've, I've just realised how he's, he's quite a lot older than I thought. He's he is, 43. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, decent sized lad, 240 pounds, 5 foot 11 inches tall. Uh, big shock of blonde hair, yeah. chain round his neck. Um, uh, and he's he is entertaining. He is definitely entertaining and, and likes a lariat. He's like the Japanese sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he is, actually. Um, and also, I like the fact that, um, I mean, he's... Uh, his two finishing moves are the King Kong knee drop and the King Kong lariat, mm. which I can only presume are both homages to Bruiser Brody. Uh, I I probably would go with that. They are yeah. indeed. I seem to remember cruising through his Wikipedia page, and Brody, I think, was one of his influences. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, fifth in block A uh, is someone that I'm I'm really excited about because it, it, when we were talking about this before we started recording, when I started. Getting tapes and that, he was someone I was desperate to see because at the time he was a kid, uh, and that's Naomichi Marufuji, and um, he's he's, 30, he's still younger than me. He's thirty six, um, but he's very much he's a cruiserweight. He's two hundred pounds, but he's adapted his style because he's had a yeah. lot of injuries, and he's adapted his style to. And Liger did this, yeah. So Liger went from doing the stuff with Brian Pillman in WCW and and doing stuff that blew your mind. To do you remember Evil Liger? Yes, of course. Just I remember Evil Liger. Just palm you in the face. Is it Kishin Liger? It was called Each Okushin Keshin, Keshin, Keshin yeah. yeah. And 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 he 
you know, Liger changed his his thing to go from from you know from doing shooting star presses and yep. stuff like that to going right brainbuster now. Yeah, like I'm going to be stiff as anything because I'm a uh, even though I've got a mask on, I look like a Power Ranger. I'm a miserable old prick now, and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and and th- there's a big thing about that in Japan, isn't there? The, yeah. the whole age and respect thing really yeah. really plays in like it plays in their society. It plays into wrestling, um, which is why when I mentioned before Naito winning the title and just throwing it on the floor. Yeah. Is is such a prick? It's a prick thing to do in in my promotion or your promotion or or or, over, or in America or Europe. But in Japan, it's a massive bellend thing to do, and I think that level of respect is great. And I think Marafuji's got that level of respect because he's he's like he's a bit like Madonna, just keeps reinventing himself. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, it does work. Um, but he's also um, he's not. He's not strictly speaking full time New Japan, is he, Marafuji? He's he's. I would argue that he's not even part time. Like he's 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 pro wrestling now. We're all the way through. He's a former GHC heavyweight champion. Yep. Um. And yeah, he is. He's Noah all the way. And for people who aren't familiar with this, like Noah, uh, are the second biggest company in Japan. It's, it's hard to it's say difficult. now because, to be fair, outside of New Japan, no one's really doing great. If I was being Dra- Dragon Gate, get good. They're good in, attendances. Yeah, they're a niche onto their own. Yeah. You know, but purists own. don't like Dragon Gate, do no. they? I, I love Dragon Gate. I, yeah, we, we, but, we but, could do a separate podcast. <laughs> yeah, but, but purists do not like Dragon yeah. Gate, and um, and Noah is the closest. But this is this is very much like during this is like during the Monday Night Wars, someone from WCW taking part in King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. That's the equivalent of it. And in Japan, that happens a lot, and it's fine. From what I can gather, the thing with Noah and New Japan is um, that. Uh, Jedo, who's Gedo's partner, mm. is actually now head booker of Noah, and they've got a talent exchange. That's why Lance Archer and David Boy Smith are there, and the Suzuki Gun faction, which is yeah. Manara Suzuki's faction, and uh, Shelton Benjamin's there. So I believe this is part of a talent exchange sort of uh, relationship they have. If not, there is some form of relationship there now. Um, if you're not familiar with Manfredi's work, um, he's invented a lot of moves that you like. Yes. Uh, curb Stomp invented that. Uh, slice Bread Number Two invented that, but it's not called Slice Bread Number Two. No. Uh, and I can never pronounce it correctly. I'm Sh- Shir- Shir- Shirinu? Yeah, Shirinu? which is, which is Japanese for Slice Bread Number Two. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, uh, uh, he's used a lot of moves that you'll be familiar with seeing now, like the Emerald Flosion, which yeah. uh, Misawa used a lot in, in his time. He's, he, he's, he's Moves-wise, he's adapted from being very much flippy, flippy, flippy mm. to now the occasional flip and kicking the shit out of people, which is why he will work in G1 and he will have great matches. He wrestles for Noah. He's not winning this. If, you, if, if you're familiar, if, you, if you're already familiar with Tanahashi, he's Noah's Tanahashi. He's the yeah. guy that's evolved to sort of having a very hybrid style, but he is there to make people go... Wouldn't it be great to see Marafuji versus this person? Yeah, and he's going to do it extremely well. Do you think he might tease placing? Um, I think he might have. Like I said earlier, I think he might ruin a few people's runs. Mm. Um, there, there's a couple of matches later on that potentially could happen in this. I can see him going. I can see him beating a couple of big guys because. Block A is stacked, and I can mm. see him beating at least one or two of the bigger. And guys. it's a new. People tend to you'll get the one person who has to lose everything. Yeah, but you tend to people tend to pick up the odd win. Yeah, for example, I mean, someone we'll talk about a bit. Honma, yeah, picking up a, picking up a win is is like 
But that was his big that was his big thing. Yeah. Just getting one win yeah. was a big thing. And you can use it as that device, even if people aren't winning all the time. Yeah. Which is what makes it so cool. Um next is Zakada, mm-hmm. who, let's be honest, doesn't I mean he's the IWGP champion, so he doesn't technically need to win this, which in my head suggests he won't win it. Yeah. Because often the champion doesn't win Correct. the G one. So I don't think he's winning this. I also don't think he's getting to the final. I actually agree with that. I I I think he might come very close, but not quite pull it off. Um, we've talked about Okada a lot of length, so we won't necessarily dwell on this. Um, has one of my favourite moves in wrestling, which is the Rainmaker, which oh I absolutely love. Uh, he also has a move called DID, which stands for Deep in Debt. Uh, Amazing. Which is absolutely brilliant when you think about it. Uh, and uh, in these post-Brexit times, he have probably quite apt for us. Doesn't he called Red Ink? <laughs> yes, he does, which is With, a kneeling cross-legged STF. Is that a, is that a nod to the um, the ink used in printing the money in Japanese? Because isn't it red? Choose a night draw. Hashtag choose a night draw. If, um, if I've got that right, please write me a certificate. That's incredibly <laughs> um, if, you, if you get that right, you can live here. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, next up is uh, a member of Los Los Ingobernables. Los Lij. Lij. Why don't we just call it Lij? It's Los Ingobernables. Yeah. Japan. So Lij. 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 From now on. Sonada, who's the newest member of Lij, who joined up. What was one of the reasons that Naito won the title? You will be familiar with him. From uh, seeing him in TNA, he was briefly the TNA X Division Champion for a while, wasn't he? He won it in Japan. Won it in Japan. So, yeah, yeah, he was with the. He used to be in Wrestle One, which was Muto's. Um, he, I mean, he's 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 good. I think he's he's got a good future ahead of him. I don't think this is his time yet. I'm not too sure if it was the last tour or the tour before. He uh, when um, Lij were feuding with Chaos in the tag team matches. I think all but one match he got the pinfall, hmm. which is interesting because that usually means they are building into something. But I think at the moment, him, he's going to be intercontinental level. I think him and Marafuji are going to tear the house down. I think that, That'd be great that's going to be a match. Um, but I can see him... It's almost like two lads with a bit of a point to prove in, in a New Japan ring as well. Yeah. I think if there's two people that are going to ruin Okada's tournament, it's Sonata and Marafuji. Yep. Um, next is last year's winner. Also winner in 2007. Uh, now 39, actually. Mm. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, um, who has magnificent hair. Um, there was something my wife said to me earlier on. She's like, why do they all dye their hair blonde? And, and I was like, well, not every Japanese wrestler dyes their hair blonde, but it is quite yeah, it's quite a common thing. Yeah. Um, and I can only presume it's the influence of it's the influence of American wrestling on it. You know, when everyone in the 90s had long blonde hair. It, it does seem to be influence. Um, if you're not familiar with the work of Tanahashi, use New Japan World. He's been in dozens of great matches. Mm. My slight knock I'd have on Tanahashi is as a character, he's not as interesting as Okada. He's not as interesting as Naito. No. He's not as interesting as Shibata. So, for, and that's weird because Shibata, the whole point of Shibata is he's not interesting. But he, he weirdly is, and we'll yeah. get that in a bit. I think with Tanahashi, he's, I think he's probably slightly more accepting of the fact that in the same way that people like Tenzan are now, hmm. you've had you really have had a very good run, yeah. and you are always going to be perfectly fine at main event level, but you probably don't need to win the G one again. There was there was a point there with Tanahashi where Tanahashi would win everything, hmm. and I, not I, and I don't want to say that he's the New Japan John Cena because that's a lazy comparison. But there was a time where I think he was a little bit untouchable. Now that's changed. 
and I think he is he's a dab hand and he's a good guy that you can bring in to the main event picture every now and again yeah, absolutely I think I think he might have a good tournament but I, I, again I, I'm not too sure he's the, he's the guy that really helped New Japan turn the corner absolutely. oh absolutely because he's one of the guys that I know was making when it was going from that take yourself too seriously po-faced everything is shoot into the phase where they are if there hadn't been a Tanahashi there wouldn't have been an Okada there wouldn't have been an Aito so mm. I certainly remember him and and the high fly flow is such a great name for him it's a great name um, next is someone who there's every chance could win because there's there's a little bit of drama about him even being in it in the first place which is uh, Hiroshi Tenzan now, Menacing Moto Menacing Moto as you know him um, the best mullet in banging his mullet is his mullet is full on Brian Nobbs level. Oh god, yeah. Um, now Tenzan's been around for ages. I know this because he's been. I had video games when I was still a teenager that Tenzan was in. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's in his mid forties now, um, and he's only in the G One this year because his tag team partner Satoshi Kojima uh, retired from it mm-hmm. and said that he would give him his place because Tenzan had thrown his toys out about not being in it. He would give him his place on the condition that he wins it. Now, you can use something like this to give someone almost like a lifetime achievement award. Yeah. That story could well be, be it. And Tenzan's still a great tag team wrestler. I don't, and, and he's still very good. And he's been in countless great matches in his career. I can't, I, not, he's not going to win though, is he? I, I, I don't think so. A common sense dictates no, but I, can, I could understand why that would be a great story. Yeah. But then I, I can all I can also see it the other way around where I could totally see them having him lose every match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and then, but then you can use it to set up something with Kojima. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Uh, just if you didn't know this, uh, Tenzan invented the anaconda vice. Yes. Um. So I love knowing who invented moves. Mm-hmm. It's really it's a really sad thing, but in the same way that as a comedian. Like there's only so many subjects you can tell jokes about, and you always want to be the first person to do that joke. Yeah. So then if someone else does it, you can go, oh, "I did it first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably the same with wrestling moves. Yeah, you know. And I bet there's countless terrible wrestlers who claim that they've invented moves. Probably. Yeah. Um, finally, rounding out block A is Tamatonga, uh, now former IWGP uh, tag team champion, mm-hmm. um, the the son of Haku and the brother of Camacho. That's who his tag team partner is. Oh, of course, yes. Uh, who, who rocked up and uh, and he's a good wrestler, a very good mm-hmm. wrestler. Yeah, he's a good wrestler. Um, uh, uh, he's he, he's a big part of Bullet Club, isn't he? Yeah, and and it's member. And again, he's one of those guys. I I half expect him to rock up in WWE at some point. Yeah, I I I I really like Tamatonga. I think he's great. Um, I think he I think he still appreciates. That he's not quite there yet. Yeah, I'm... I think he still views this as he, he he's still part of his training. I mean, he's he's thirty three, but he's not been wrestling for long. No. Crucially, you know, he didn't debut until two thousand eight. Mm. So you know, it's not like he's been doing it forever. And imagine having a dad that hard. Oh god, yeah. Is that his finish? He just whispers, I'll "Set my dad on you." Because <laughs> <And then laughs> everyone just taps. Because oh, it was Wrestle Kingdom this year yeah, where Haku turned, turned up, and I was yeah. just like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh shit's everyone. about to go down." <laughs> <laughs> the fact didn't they refer to him as King Haku as yeah. well, and he was wearing a Bullet Club T-shirt. I mean, that is just wonderful. Um, again, this could be the point because he's not a tag team champion anymore. This could be the point where they choose to, to have him break I out. I think a bit. he's there to take the pinfalls, and I really wish he wasn't. But I, and I could be wrong. 
he, he might get a couple of wins, but I think he's he is the man to lie down for a few people. So who are we saying? Who's who in theory out of block A is advancing to the final? Oh, Togi Maccabi. So you're saying Maccabi? Yeah. I'm gonna go with Tanahashi. I'm also gonna go with Tanahashi. I I think the reason being it will be for the person I fully suspect will win the tournament to beat. Yes, I think I think we're in agreement. With that. Um. Okay. Right, so um, Block B, we start with someone we discussed a little bit earlier on, Michael Elgin, um, uh, no, not really Ring of Honor anymore, he is, people know him from Ring of mm-hmm. Honor, did a training session at the Projo once, lovely fellow, smashing guy, big lad, really, really suitable for New Japan, and, and has really had the first ever ladder match in oh, New God, Japan yeah, recently, yeah, didn't yeah. they? It's amazing thinking that they've never, this is how legit their business is portrayed that ladder matches have never happened and the young books are in in that company <laughs> I, and they've never had a ladder match I th- I'm thinking right in saying the triple threat you alluded to earlier with Ibushi Loki and Devitt was the first ever and possibly still the, the, the only ever triple threat for the IWGP junior heavyweight title which is crazy isn't it mm. Elgin's kind of uh, evolved a little bit now into into a much more menacing looking dude he's, now, he's going full Dr. Death Steve Williams which is not a bad way to be. Not in Japan either. Uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, who was part of one of my favourite tag teams of all Miracle time. Miracle Violence Connection. Because it's the greatest name of a tag team ever. And the best bit is, is, is that's just Terry and Steve, isn't it? Terry yeah. Gordy and Steve Williams. Yeah. And someone, I presume, it was all, they were all Japan, though. They were all Japan, yeah. yes. Someone, so it wouldn't have been Tiger Hattori, it would have been someone who sat him down and, and gone, we need a name for you guys. Can we not just be called Terry and Steve? No. Uh, you're the miracle violence connection from now on. Mm. Yes, yes, we are. Yes. Like, like, um, uh, like, like David, uh, David Smith Junior.'s yeah. team, like the Killer Elite Squad. Yeah, great name. Uh, CTU Control Terrorism Unit, which was the heel faction with Liger, Ghetto, and Jeddo and Co. What's, um, the lad, the Australian lads who are now here, uh, uh, the Mighty Don't Neil TMD TMD. That's great, isn't it? Um, I, I like the fact that. Uh, one of Elgin's finishing moves in New Japan is um, is the big mic fly flow, which is <laughs> if you don't know this, Tanahashi's finisher is is the high fly flow, which is a it's a frog splash, and it's unusual. I think it's unusual for for someone like Tanahashi to have a top rope move mm-hmm. when when so much of of New Japan's wrestling is is you know like like uh, Akada doing the rainmaker three times to yeah, put someone down. Yeah, yeah. It feels a bit like oh, it seems it, it seems a little bit far removed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's nicked that from Tanahashi. It's great, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's also allowed to use the burning hammer, mm. which uh, uh, how many times did Kenta Kabashi use the burning hammer? Like what in one match? Or? No, in, in his entire career, probably thousands. No, no, genuinely, really? someone back me up on this. Um, I, I, he only ever used it because it was such a dangerous move, and it was his ultimate, ultimate, ultimate finisher. Because he obviously he had the orange crush, yeah, which and he had the moon salt, awful, yeah. And then you only did, and if you don't know what a burning hammer is, you sit someone on the top rope, you uh, get them in the opposite way to a Death, Death Valley, Valley driver, driver yeah. and then you drop them on their head. Correct. Mm. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> however, I've been watching indie wrestling. I've seen a lot of people doing it. Yes, <laughs> and kicking out of it. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, Kabashi, I think I never used it seven times, and it won a match every time I used it. Wow. I could be wrong though. Hashtag cheesy Nigel. Um, <laughs> but no, he and he's so he's using a burning hammer. And he's he's proper full on gone. It's almost like he's gone. Do you know what? Japan's my calling. I'm gonna do a lot of scary shit in Japan, and it's gonna look great. And what? Elgin is great. I've never, like, personally never been the biggest fan of Michael Elgin, um, but he turned up to New Japan and they adored him and all power to him, man. Like, 
respect because he re- he's really worked hard and, and he, he, he seems to love him over there and he seems to be enjoying it as well. He's also achieved, to me, one of the greatest things in pro wrestling and that he's married to Mischief, who I have a massive crush on. Oh, uh, the lady with the green hair. That's right. Yes. Um, so, um, I the thing is, Elgin could do well, yeah. but a Gaijin has never won. Yeah, he's going to... Well, have... No, t- sorry, tell a lie. Gaijin have won the previous incarnations of G1. So Andre the Giant won it, when it before it was called the G1. Uh, so the lineage goes back to the 70s. I feel like Carl Anderson's won the G1. I'm basing this off a question we got. Bear with me. You carry on talking amongst yourselves. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty sure, and I'm sure it's not that long ago. Well, I could be wrong. He might, he might only be. A he's won the. Ta- he's won the. He's won the. Uh, the tag league, hasn't he? Just in yeah. preparation, what kind of font do you want on your certificate? Uh, Comic Sans. Oh no! Just to that just to make it the whole process. absolutely just to make people angry when they read it. Oh dear! But um, uh, here we go. Uh, Anderson won the G1 World Tag League ah, with yeah. uh, with Giant Bernard, Matt, yes. Matt Bloom. Um, yeah. But no, he because uh, someone one of the questions we got was, and we'll answer this question now. Let me find out answer. And let's ask it. Um, one of the questions we got asked was do 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 from Joshua Bryant. Uh, Will Elgin become the first American to win the G1? I I very much doubt it. I think he's going to have a decent showing, and he's Canadian. Ah. Joshua, you uh, you lose uh, fifteen points. Mm. Only fifteen because it was a good question, mate. Um, but wow, wow, that is that is, he is Canadian. Isn't we can it? spot each other a mile. Off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, you are one of them. You are yeah. a, you are a Canuck. I aren't walk you? among you. But I, I think no. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a good run. Um, but I, I I I don't think I I I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's going all the way. I I, I think he will be. A strong contender going into the last couple of round of matches. Yeah, maybe. Just because they've really, they've really let him run with the ball while yeah. he's been there. They've really given him a chance. The other thing is, he could really pull epic matches out of his out, out the sleeve. I saw him and Jay Lethal have a match at the the Hammerstein in New York when I was over there for Mania a few years ago. That just blew my mind. It's so a brilliant gets, match. That's yeah, really good. And so if he's in there with someone like that, who is a he's a good sort of. Base wrestler, if you like. Mm-hmm. So, if he's got a good co- guy with a contrasting style, there'll be some guys coming up. I'm sure as we get on the list, who would make a fantastic contrast with him. Yeah, mm. and the new matches, which is exciting. Yeah. yeah, and that's what you want to see, isn't it? Mm. Um, next is the artist formerly known as Takaki Watanabe, uh, now known as Evil. Evil. All in all in capitals, like progress is written all in capitals. Um, um, I like Evil mainly because he's called Evil. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, his finisher is also called Evil. Yes. Um, is it an STO? It's an STO. Mm-hmm. STOs which are always done really well in Japan and by Samoa Joe and not massively well by anyone else. <laughs> Christopher Daniels. Oh, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Um, so, um, Evil, he wears lovely crushed velvet singlet as well. He's got a good He's got a good bit of crushed velvet. I do think because he's a lower, a lower ranking member of LIJ mm-hmm. and he's What's in the same group... For? You know what it stands for, and it and he's in the same group as the leader of Lij. Mm. I don't, I, I don't see him. I, that match is interesting. Yep. What I like, the booking head in me says that match is three seconds long because he makes him lie down. That's I remember, I remember when Carl Anderson was in in a G one, uh, and I think it was Bad Luck Fale 
and I fought that going into it, and they ended up doing the two sweet taunt, and then had a match, which was like, oh, <laughs> so so I'm with you on that. I hope that happens. Uh, he also has fabulous eye makeup. He looks like a '90s goth. He does. Um, third in uh, Group B, um, uh, Taraki Honma, um, who is responsible for one of my favourite things in wrestling, um, and that's his finisher not hitting for around about. It felt like five years, mm-hmm. um, which is Kakeshi, which is a diving headbutt, and this is something that I think people people overlook in in wrestling. Um, I'll give you an example of this. Um, we had a guy wrestle for us called Ali Armstrong, who was one of our first uh, training school graduates, who sat out to retire because of a knee injury. In every single match, he would do a move called the Gaines Bomb, which was rotten, and and he won't mind me saying this because it was deliberately rotten. Ali was very talented. Um, but it was deliberately a bit shit, and it was a top rope move, and he never hit it once. And he got to the point where when the, he missed it a few, fair few times at Endeavor shows and main chapter shows, and he kept missing it. And eventually, he could hear people going every fucking time, like <laughs> Kurt Angle's moonsault, yeah. <laughs> right? And and it got to the point where I remember saying to him, like, in a year from now, you're hitting that and winning a match, and it'll be amazing. And and that's what they did with Kakeshi because Homer's mm. super popular. Like, super charismatic. People love him. And it, he didn't win a match for no. forever. And, and then eventually, he's had a run with the tag titles and stuff. But he is super, super, super popular. Um, and no longer... And they managed to take something that was a, kind of a joke gimmick. And he's no longer really a joke wrestler. No. And he has really good matches. Yeah. He was on a massive losing streak, but was having belting matches yeah. with people. Um, it's, it's, it's nothing... It's not... Nothing new in Japan, uh, Japanese wrestling to have a move that continues to fail. Ryo Saito, who used to be in Toramon Dragon Gate, had a move called the Cycling Yahoo and the Dancing Yahoo, which was an over-elaborate submission hold where he would grapevine the arm and then proceed to hold the other arm and go, Dancing Yahoo! Before the guy crawled to the rope and he never got it in. Genki Horiguchi was another one that used to try and do a diving... Uh, I think that might have been a diving headbutt, a diving crossbody. Of all the moves you got hit. on miss yeah, as well that <laughs> genuinely hurt you to do. Yeah. It's crazy. But he is a nutter. He's been in Big Japan. He's done yeah. deathmatch wrestling. Well, and yeah. his, his path to being in New Japan and being a big star in New Japan, it's comparable to Dean Ambrose. Fair shout. Do you know what I mean? Dean Ambrose doing all the yeah. crazy stuff he did in CZW yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So, Homer to be where he is now, mm. and, he, and you watch any G1 match, he is... Really, really over, and they lo- they lot, love him. Like a lot, you'll get a lot of guys will come out to a responsive, uh, sort of polite applause. And yeah. Yes, we're pleased to see you. There's very few people in New Japan who are massively over. Yeah. He's one of them. Mm-hmm. Okada's another. Mm-hmm. Tanahashi's another. Mm-hmm. Naito's the other. Mm-hmm. Everyone else kind of gets the same kind of oh hello yeah kind of response. They're the only guys who get the properly visceral like oh really pleased to see you and and. And a big part of it is him going, I'm going to miss a move for a year. And it's that sort of psychology is brilliant. But he's also a man who's managed to do that, do death matches, yeah, and yeah. has had a five-star match. Yeah. So his match, um, uh, February the 14th, 2015, his match with Tomohiro Ishii, which we'll be able to see on, uh, on New Japan World, is brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. And, and, that's, and for someone to come from his background to do that, I love him. He'd be a properly out-of-left-field pick to win Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he and his former championship tag team partner, Toji McCarvey, in the final. Oh, yeah. Picking it now. <laughs> Called it Chris Brooker. Brooker, yeah. Brooker's nailed it. Um, 
Next is uh, someone we mentioned earlier on, Yuji Nagata, who uh, until recently uh, did hold the uh, it was the Never Open Weight title. Yeah, um, Mr. Blue Justice himself. Um, he's a full ten years older than me. Wow. Um, uh, which is you know for someone who's now been wrestling, he made his debut in 1992, which is I mean he was 24 then. Mm. No, 24, 24 then. So he was 24 then. Um, he's been wrestling for 24 years. He is a former IWGP heavyweight champion. You'd argue during their quieter years, mm. uh, he was their champion. Had a good run in WCW where he had good matches, um, but never they never really did anything I with him. I believe he was the man that beat um, Kenta, a.k.a. Hideo Itami, for the GHC heavyweight title, which is the NOAA heavyweight title, in um, Kenta's first and only run as champion. In the promotion before he left to go and do that thing in NXT. He could that. Also former um, mixed martial artist. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, uh, no wins, two losses. But uh, again... St- standard pro wrestler. <laughs> and the weird thing is with Nagata is he he looks old. I'm not being mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he looks like a dude who's, who's in his 40s. Yeah, he's a grizzled vet. But everything he does still really looks like it hurts. Yeah. It, he, I don't mean, He's not winning this. New. He will have... And a lot of his matches will be just kind of, they'll just be matches. Yeah. He will have the odd match, which will be when he's with someone whose style works with him, and there'll be someone we'll mention in a bit, yeah. who, where the match will be tremendous. Yeah. Um, and the good thing is, and I love this surly vet thing that they have in New Japan is, it's just that ability to be a dick and punch people in the face. Pretty much. Could he make a, he'd make a really interesting matchup with Hanma in that case because you've got the charismatic guy that the crowd get behind, then you've got the guy who'll just chop him down. Mm. It's 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 almost the story of, of of that never championship division now. Is that it is sort of the, the guys that are the sort of strong hitters and that's almost MMA sort of style, and it's almost like the division of the unlikely lads, and they've been. <laughs> cracking like yeah. they've genuinely made people want to watch their matches and including me it made was, issue it made issue exactly that's what made issue and i think the guy has been a big part of that um so it'd be i think he's gonna be fun i'm gonna i'm gonna test i'm gonna test matt right do you know your nagata locks so there's there like four i was gonna say four right <laughs> right right i'm gonna tell you the, the nagata lock and the number you've got to tell me what the move actually is oh, i'm gonna okay. suck at this nagata lock one is it a leg lock it is. What sort of leg lock? Just, oh, it's just a standard leg lock, isn't it? It's a reverse figure four leg lock. Oh, and that, oh it's that, just that like the trailer his, hitch, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That was his move on uh, WCW yeah. Revenge as well. Oh, flipping it. Right. Nagata lock two. Is the arm bar. No. No. It's a cross face. Nagata lock three. Is that the arm bar? That's a cross face scissored arm bar combination. <laughs> yeah. Nagata lock four. You're never going to get this in a million no, fucking years. Yeah, it's, uh... um, is it not a lock at all? Is it, a... <laughs> is it like a pinning it's, combination? It's, it's on a canal somewhere. Oh, in the right, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, um, is it a man-made waterway? Let, if any of you, if any of you have got some stickers and some sharpies, just just go to a canal lock. <laughs> Write Nagata lock v five. Nagata lock v on a sticker. Yes. Stick it. On a canal lock, tweet a picture to me at Jim Smallman, uh, hashtag Tuesday Night Drill. Wonderful. Uh, uh, if anyone asks, I didn't send you. Um, uh, no, Nagatok 4 is a chicken wing over the shoulder crossface. Of course it is. Dreadful. Um, uh, and, you know, you're looking, at, you're looking at suplexes, kicks, submission holds from Nagata, not at the same rapid rate that you're necessarily going to get out of other people because he's a bit older, but 
His stuff still looks legit, and it does hark back to that legitimacy thing that New Japan's always after. Doesn't he pull the weirdest faces? Yeah, as he well? goes full taker on, on on one of his arm bars, yeah. um, which gets a massive reaction. Next is Lij leader uh, Tetsuya Naito, um, who um, is great. I've already discussed him at length. I think we've already discussed mm-hmm. him in quite a lot of length. He's He's going to do all right, isn't he? I think uh, so. He's, he is definitely going to do okay. Um, I love the fact he's got a move called Gloria, which is brilliant. You're going to call a move, call a move Gloria. Give all move, if you're a new wrestler coming through now, just call a move Daphne. Barbara. Barbara's good. Barbara's, Barbara's a good. great name for a move. It's too close to barbarism, though, isn't it? Um, but I think. Uh, Arm Barbara. Nice. Um, Naito's Naito's going to do well. well. We'll come to who we think we're going to win this group. But Naito, I don't think you give him the big title, take yeah. the title off of him, still have a hot stable, still have a load of heat. Like proper, he's a proper heel, which is unusual in Japan. Does the G1 winner still get the title shot at Wrestle Kingdom? Well, it would depend because obviously Okada is the champion. So okay. if Okada wins it, but that is, it's been the tradition for the last few years, hasn't it? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Because he had his other title shot because he won the yeah. uh, the, the New Japan Cup. Oh, yeah. No, it is because they brought in the briefcase, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, <laughs> I love that I call it a briefcase and not money in the bank. <sighs> but it's a briefcase. But it is. And, it's a, and it is. In your head, you've got the money in the bank briefcase. It's one of them. Uh, it's a metal briefcase. So Naito, we think, is going to do well. Yep. Um, Katsuhiko Nakajima. Nakajima. Next. Um, uh, who is a Noah. Yes. Competitor. He's a Kensuke Sasaki trainee uh, diamond ring dojo correct indeed um uh, he is um i mean people are probably going to be a little bit less familiar with him if they're new to japan yeah I like, I, nakajima is interesting because like i remember when nakajima was like a baby and he was like 19 20 which is very young mm. for for a japanese wrestler and i remember he was meant to be like the next big thing um if you've never seen a nakajima match he kicks you well hard and He's, that's his thing He's um he's had a couple of very good matches with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Yes, I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so yeah. I mean, that's think think about Zack Sabre Jr. Who everyone knows and loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's, a, he's quite similar, and that is yeah, a, the yeah, Noah style's not, not a million miles away from no, that. No, that's fair. He's uh, had some really good matches with Hideo Itami when he was Kenta as well. Uh, I remember, I remember, I remember a friend of mine telling me once that apparently Nakajima and Tommy never saw eye to eye, which makes their matches ten times better because they boot each other. <laughs> uh, has a fantastically named uh, finishing move called the Diamond Bomb as well, which is a fireman's carry brainbuster. Yeah, ow, uh, is what I'd say there. Uh, Kenny Omega, um, the cleaner, the cleaner has uh, is great. Has the best hair in wrestling, mm-hmm. arguably. Because he's got, I mean, essentially, he has got a 1980s footballer's perm. Oh, yeah, for sure. For um, sure. Omega's interesting because he has been wrestling for a long time. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, he made his debut in 2000. So he's been wrestling for 16 years. He's been wrestling the same amount of time as someone like Colt Cabana yep. or Chris Hero. Mm-hmm. And this is the point. He's Canadian as well, so, again, another non-American winner. Um, but he's interested in that he's gone to Japan... He's learnt Japanese. Mm-hmm. He's he's very he is a gaijin, yeah. but he is not. He no. has thrown himself. He's gone. This is where I want to be, yeah. which is I think always very impressive. Obviously, he's now in Bullet Club and and the, the leader of Bullet Club, isn't he? Really? Yeah. Well, no, he is. He is. Yeah. They did they did the whole storyline where he became mm. the leader. 
Uh, yeah, he's an interesting guy. He started at DDT in Japan, team with Koto Ibushi as the Golden Stars, their finisher, I was believe. The Golden Shower. Golden Shower, yes. yes. It was, which is simultaneous 450 splashes? Yes, it was. Um, so, but he was. How am I married? I don't know, mate. You've done well. <laughs> How am I not married? I what's, what's going on here? I'm married, Jim Smallman, <laughs> to pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but no, go back to the point I was trying to make before. That took a dark t- twist. Um, is Omega used to kind of not be a joke, but he used to be the sort of fun loving baby face. So the transition he's made into this, quite frankly, comic book villain. Mm. Um, is impressive. Um, I I personally wish that he wasn't part of Bullet Club because I feel like he's not Bullet Club material. I think he's changed what Bullet Club is, and that's fine. But I would rather he had his own thing, if that made sense. Because the problem yeah. with Bullet Club comes with the association with uh, Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's helped him. Um, but he, he is my dark horse for this tournament. If there's anyone that could come left the field... And still be like, I can see that it's him. I I love Omega and and was before he was signed to New Japan, was desperate to have him wrestle in progress. I could see why. Because yeah. he would have really fit with us. And also he's got a sense of humour which would fit in with our lot. Yeah. Um, and just purely from a point of view, uh, uh, speaking as a man who's got several Street Fighter fame tattoos, he's a massive Street Fighter yeah, fan, and I really want to chat to him about it. Um, uh, including, he does do Hadoukens, not he so does. much in New Japan, but he certainly did he do did, them in the past. Um, uh, has um, a fantastic finisher in Kreutz Raff, yeah, which is a wonderful finisher. Um, which, in case you wonder what that is, basically he sits someone on his shoulders, which is known as an electric chair. You might not know that. Uh, and then he drops him into a bridging German suplex, yeah. which is requires a lot of strength, a lot of control, and a lot of skill to do without dropping someone on the top of their bonds. It's it's one of those moves that blows your mind the first time you see it. Mm. A bit like the chaos theory. Yeah, blew yeah. my mind the first time I yeah. saw that. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, I think Omega's got a chance. Yep, yeah, I think so. Purely too. because of where he's positioned within Bullet Club. He's got a chance, and obviously, you know, he has, uh, you know, he has got championship gold, so there is a chance of him doing it. Um, whether or not they do pull the trigger on him doing it, uh, no pun intended. Um, I can, do you know, the one person I can see um, sort of stopping him advancing is Nagata, because Nagata has the Blue Justice gimmick, which is that he never compromises being the hero. Yeah, and he would be a brilliant foil for Omega and to stop the evil cleaner going all the way and I think that would yeah. be a wonderful story and I hope it happens uh, next um, Kasiyori Shibata who is just great the um, wrestler um, he's, bear in mind we mentioned that thing about you have black trunks uh, black boots you don't have a gimmick uh, when you're a young boy he has been a young boy he's gone away he's done MMA he's then come back again he still wears black trunk black boots because he doesn't need a gimmick yeah. because his entire gimmick is He's really fucking hard. Have you seen his uh, official New Japan merchandise t-shirt? Is it just a black t-shirt? It's a black t-shirt with bog standard capital letters, white font, the wrestler. And that's all it says. That is genius. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? It's genius. Is it in Comic Sans? No, it's in... <laughs> it's, I don't know what text it is. It might just be, you know, just bog standard. Is I it? hope they took it off default and just do Times New Roman. No, no, no. Is, is it Ariel? Ariel, yeah, it's probably that. Ariel. Um, nobles. Yeah. They, um, um, <laughs> he was in a tag team with Kenta for a while. Takeover, which were... And it was a short while. 
I, I remember I remember going back and watching a lot of their stuff because they used to have one of the most badass t-shirts in the world ever, which was uh, it said just a takeover on it, but it was in the style of the Godfather logo. And I remember being a teenager going, "I want that t-shirt. I will fight people for that t-shirt." Apart from Shibata and Kenta. Um Shibata and Kenta's finishing move was called Touch the Sky, which is br- it's an electric chair into a springboard clothesline. Wonderful. Um, if you're not familiar with Shibata, yeah, you know him by the, the black trunks, black boots, uh, sort of uh, nearly hair that needs it's not long, but kind of yeah. needs a bit of a cut. He, he kind, looks like he could work. He genuinely looks like he could work in a bank. I'm not making this up. I raise you. I think he looks like he could be a member of like the Yakuza. Oh god, yeah, totally. Like in black suit, black you maybe shirt. check to see how his little fingers are looking because yeah. he is. He's and he doesn't smile, has no, no emotion, no. doesn't celebrate when he wins matches. No. Literally, just sort of like thank you off yeah um and kicks people incredibly hard and drops them on the head mm-hmm. and he is great his finish his best finisher is uh g2pk which is a go to sleep uh dropped into him doing a penalty kick so basically mm-hmm. teeing off in someone's chest uh a la zach saber jr um and he is i i love him i cannot get enough of watching shibata he has been on my wish list of wrestlers that i want to see in person that i'd love to see wrestle in progress i think he is tremendous and one of the questions we've been asked um i'll try and figure out who who said this uh two different people uh the fash gang can only be only be wimbledon fans uh, another podcast the rnj podcast said is this shibata's year maybe maybe i, I mean we've I got to go through everyone in the group but mm. but he's had a lot of glory this year um you have to ask can you see him can you see him headlining wrestle kingdom from my pure point of view of I would love to watch him. I'd lo- yeah. I could watch him until the cows come home. Yeah. But do New Japan see him as uh, headlining? It's interesting because because I think when Shibata, since, since Shibata has come back, it's been kind of funny because he's he's and this is going to sound so funny, but he's had more personality than he's ever had. Like yes. I remember back when him and Kenta were doing the team, he his gimmick was he just kicked people. Now there's a little bit more to him. But I agree with you. Like I I'd love it to be his year. But I really can't see it. I can't see it happening. Um, he's okay. gonna. I think he's gonna have some of the best matches though. Two left uh, in block B, and I, I'm. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I don't think either of these lads are winning it. No. Uh, first of all, uh, Toriano. Explain. Explain Toriano to people. Okay. And also why he's in the G1. <laughs> okay, so Yano, it's right. I think this is what his gimmick is. I think his gimmick is that he's a bit of a sleazy sort of. Um, he's sort of. He's sort of a bit of a. Oh, I don't know what the word is like to describe it because he's not. He's not. He's not a criminal, but he's a bit of a con man. Is he a wide boy? Maybe. He well, of... he comes to the ring with DVDs that he suggests that are for sale and tries to sell them. And he he's he's just a bit of a he's a bit of an he's comic, he's comic relief as well. Yes. That's primarily how he is used. Yeah, he's not he's not like full on comedy. Yeah, because he's very. I've seen him get a lot of sympathy when yeah. he's being beaten down by by heels because he's super popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not the best wrestler. I mean, no. that's. Under, and I, I'm sure he knows that. I'm sure he's not going to be sitting there going, well, the lad's on Tuesday night, Joel said, I'm not a very good wrestler. <laughs> I don't think he's going to care because he knows his role in wrestling, which yeah. is important. It's important, as we all know, to know your role and shut your mouth. Now, it, one of his finishes is a low blow. That yes. should tell you what Everything. sort of wrestler he is. Yeah. He is very much comic relief. Why has he got a space in the G1? 
Why? Because someone needs to take the pinfalls. No, I no. I, I mean, that's the most. That's the most obvious. It thing. is, but I think it, he he is popular. And and to 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 steal a quote from from a mate, uh, a gentleman called Jack Gallagher, um, the reason for his existence is because Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Cheers, Jack. Good explanation, mate. Do you know what it makes me think? Because a lot of the, even the deadly serious anime and manga. Even the most dark, depressing, miserable stuff that goes to dark places will have someone like him in it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's, he's someone the... whose voice is not in it. Hello. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, I imagine he's, he's, the che- he's the cheeky chap that you, you, he, he will never learn a lesson, but you still quite, you still, you still quite endear oh, to him. You, he's, he's the end of the show. Oh, you. Yeah. Freeze. Fade yeah. to black. Character. Although, what would be what they could be potentially thinking of doing is. Giving him a little about the hope run that they do with Homer. Yeah. So yeah, making yeah. it look that you know maybe going into his last match, going into his last match, whoever he's up against in his last match. Yeah. They might need to win. Yeah, I can totally see him. And like then that. he pulls out a win from nowhere, yeah. and let's say he's against Naito or something. Oh, that would be And he wins. Yeah. It would be crazy. Yeah. So, you know, store from a storytelling point of view, yeah, that could work. Um, finally, is uh, Yoshihashi, um, uh, who again, he's he's perfectly he's perfectly decent. Is it, uh, has one of the best named finishing moves in the world, which is the loose explosion, which is um, a wonderful, which... almost Japanese to English <laughs> translation that's gone horrifically yeah. wrong. It's, um, well, you've been in there a long time, mate. Well, I've had a loose explosion. Um... <laughs> the gluten intolerance of finishers, really, isn't it? Um, I, I personally, I'm just, I'm. It, he'll do, for, but again, people do need to. People do need to get beat. I mean, I don't yeah. think anyone's going to expect him to necessarily. The reason why he's in G one is because he's Okada's mate. Which is is he chaos? Yeah, yeah, he's so, chaos, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's their fall guy. He's he's he is the 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 guy to take the pimples, but he's perfectly acceptable. So, who are we picking to win Block B? Um, we went. We both went Tanahashi for Block A. You went Makabe. I think I know who you're going for based on your previous prediction. Who are you going with? You going with Homer? Oh yeah, why not? <laughs> Come on, let's see my boys in the final. Naito again. I'm going. It's either Naito or Shibata for me. I think it makes more sense. Tanahashi Naito makes more sense because yep. it's a babyface heel. Yeah. Whereas, because Shibata's not really anything. No. He's he's just nails. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Shibata. I think Shibata is Shibata's running him close. Yeah. I think he's okay. I, I, to be a little bit different, I think he makes Naito or Omega. Okay, because yeah, it's both. It's the same dynamic. But the only reason it? why I think Omega for me loses out is because I'd be very surprised if they would have him main event a Wrestle Kingdom show. Yeah, that's the only. The only Whereas th- you can see Naito doing it yeah. because they've had they've done good business with Naito. Yeah, he, and he's got there's two stables warring with each other. It yeah. makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, cool. Right, we've got a few last little questions we're going to answer. Cool. And then we will wrap up uh, the longest now, technically speaking, the longest ever episode of Ooh. Tuesday Night Draw. Um, but I always said it was going to be a long one because we wanted to talk about a lot of New Japan stuff. Um, so, uh, we've answered that one. Um, there's a couple of things that... Um, uh, so, Ben Owens asked, there was rumours of, of Damo O'Connor being in um, uh, in G1 at one point. Uh, which group would we like to have seen him in? Group A or Group B? I mean, based purely on the fact I'd like to... He's wrestled issue before, hasn't he? I'm sure yes. he has. And I'd like to see it again. Um and be able to watch it in Japan and see the reaction that, that I love Damo and see the reaction that Damo gets in Japan will be really cool um, so I'd kind of like to put him in A because Ishii's in A I like that too because yeah Ishii 
um, Maccabi. There's a lot of big, yeah. big guys you can he can. Well, I'd love to see him against with. Homa though. To be I fair. was just about to say I'm going to go Block B because Shabbat and Nakajima, all these guys, even Elgin. Yeah. That's oh, not, oh, 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 Elgin. Imagine, oh, imagine Michael Elgin trying to do the inside out um, suplex over the rope from Demo, and it oh, just yeah. it'd be great. Like I think, I think, I think big, big Demo is so versatile as well that he would just kill it in in any. Match on block. that on that note, uh, John Grover said, "Replace one talent in each block with someone from anywhere in the world." So first of all, we've got to choose someone. We've got to choose someone to go out. Okay. Well, I think I think so. You've got to take someone out of block A, someone out of block B. Right. Let's let's reach. Let's reach. Let's all go with the same one. So let's say, for the sake of it, mm-hmm. in block B it's Yano. Yeah, fair. Right. In block A, it's I'm going to say Farley. Okay. Okay. So Farley's gone. Yano's gone. Who we're replacing? We can all choose different people. And again, you can choose a cruiserweight if you want, but I'd, I'd say let's try and let's try and go with people that we think would work in that situation. They don't have to be super heavyweights, but let's try and think of people that would work well in that in that okay. situation. Okay. Right. Um, and anyone in the world. And let's say, for, for argument's sake, we're not necessarily worried about whether they're signed and contracted to people. Okay. 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 Um, I am going to replace Balak Fallet with Joe Coffey. Nice. nice. Good. Good I think, work. Because he's got Japanese experience, yeah. and I think he would he would grab this by the horns. I yeah, think he would. he would make, especially the run he's on at the moment, He's he's he, it's this being comfortable in your own skin. Um, having seen, he, again, without being a cartoon character, mm. he gets a response. He People warm to him, they get behind him. Mm-hmm. And I could really see him... Imagine him and and the guys like Ishi, mm-hmm. you know that'd be that'd be that'd fantastic. Be, it would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, who's your block A replacement? I am going to go with a man that soon to be the UK's number one. <laughs> a man oh, that's soon to be you've made progress <laughs> number one. You've made a everyone man, switch this off. <laughs> a man that soon to be the Wales. Number one, and that is Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson. Excellent. Um, no explanation needed. No. I'm going to be. Uh, I, I I'll tell you, I'm going to put in there just because for for one, two, three matches, I want to see. I'm putting Samoa Joe in there. Ooh, nice. Because I want to see Joe Ishii. I want to see Joe Okada, Joe Tanahashi. I, I want to see Joe everyone in that group, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, mm-hmm. I lo- I'm such a mark for Joe. I love him. And, and I think he'd... He loves he'd, you. He'd be, he did blow me a kiss once. Um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, block B. So we took uh, Yano out. Who are we putting in instead of Yano? Okay. Instead of Toru Yano in block B, I'm going to go with another Canadian, Bobby Roode. Oh, You love a bit of Bobby Roode, don't I you? I do enjoy a bit you of Bobby Roode. You drafted him as well, didn't you? I drafted him. Oh, too right, I did. Um, you don't get like a, you don't get a finder's fee, mate, because you drafted him. No, I, I get ten percent. We've talked. Um, the the thing with Bobby Roode as well is because back it's he's to forget. I think going back to I don't know if it was the G one if it was the predecessor mm. when you had Steve Austin and Rick Roode in there. I think that'd be an interesting mm. spot for him to have as the Westerner who brings a different flavour. He's a very Western, very American, North American style wrestler, and I think often you'll get it's that contrasting styles so he would be interesting foil for the more serious guys mm-hmm. and again i don't i think it's very easy to get caught in the like for like i want to see this guy versus this guy whereas for my money 
almost always the most interesting matches are the one where you've got that contrast. So imagine him and him and Shibata are they in this? They'd be in the yeah, same group. Same so him, he, those two would have an interesting match. So how would Bobby Roode deal with Shibata? How would Bobby Roode deal with um, him and Omega? Would have a cracking match yeah. straight mm. off the bat. Although this Canadian on Canadian violence must stop. Stop it. Yeah. Um, who are you going with? This might be a bit bit of a bit of an odd choice because I was going to go with another European guy uh, and then I thought no that's a bit too biased so I'm too I'm going to go for a Canadian and that's going to be Kevin Owens oh nice oh yeah just <laughs> yeah. just because again it's, as bears yeah, yeah just loads of bears yeah. um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> which, is, which in Japanese is Kuma oh Kuma yeah, oh, you play Tekken, Tekken. Oh, you play Tekken. Oh, there you go, there you go. Uh, no I think he'd be great uh, he'd, he'd just be a wonderful dick in the sense that he'd be well remember perfect. watching him throw the flowers yeah exactly <laughs> oh it's one of my favourite things so he hands him some flowers he's just like fuck flowers yeah <laughs> yeah just that's yes. another another potential choose that your t-shirt fuck flowers fuck flowers <laughs> um, I am not going with a Canadian Boo. Uh, I'm going with Chris Hero. Oh, lovely! Because he just doesn't have bad matches. Imagine, imagine, right? Imagine Chris Hero against Shibata. Imagine Chris Hero against Naito. Chris Hero against Nakajima. Chris Hero against Hom. Yeah. Everything good. Yeah, first. So, uh, elbows, 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 elbows. Gotch power drivers. More elbows. Huzzah! Who's um, your hero? Um, it would be Chris Hero, Marcus. and also my dad. Um, <laughs> Chris Hero's your dad? <laughs> oh, that'd be weird. Oh. Amazing. <laughs> the fact that I'm older than him would make it quite bizarre. Um, cool. Uh, and we've got... This is... Um, this is Phil Allen's question. Um, this is the penultimate question. Um, so, standout match. Each of us, let's pick a standout match from each group. So, block A, what do we think the standout match is going to be? Block B, what do we think the standout match is going to be? I'll let you go first, Matthew. I think standout match from block A is going to be Sonata and Okada. And not just because it rhymes and sounds it good. It is nice a, when it rhymes, and, though. And, and sounds good in a Geordie accent. Um, <laughs> Sonata Okada. <laughs> there you go. I think standout match in block B is going to be another a little bit left of field. It's going to be Shibata and Nakajima. I think they're going to kick each other's teeth in. Nice. Good. Okay. Uh, yours. Um, I think that the standout match in the yeah in in block A, I think I'm going to go with Tenzan and Okada. Ooh, nice! Because I think we've got Okada who's on top of his game, and Tenzan who's got something to prove, and I think that would make for a really interesting combination. Also, possibly I could be wrong. I think that's the oldest and youngest competitors in that group against each other. That mm-hmm. sounds that sounds possible. Yeah, he's not the oldest in the entire uh, G1, which is Nagata, uh, but Tenzan... Oh, Sonata might be younger. Maybe. Oh, there's only one way to find there's out. There's only one way to find out. You, I take your certificate off of you. No! If you're wrong. That certificate. He is 28, but January the 28th birthday. Who is oh. older? There's people now just going, just end the podcast. No. Um, Sonata is younger. Sonata is younger. Sonata is younger by two months. Um, <laughs> Get a gold star on your certificate now. Yes. Um, so that's your block A match. Your block yep. B match. Uh, my block B match. I think it is going to be. I think for shenanigans, this is the sort of thing that would 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 amuse me greatly. Is similar to the match that you mentioned earlier on with uh, Gato and Devitt. I think it's going to be Omega and Naito. Nice. That's a nice. Good yeah, that'd be decent. That. Yeah. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go Shibata Honma. 
just because Homer's just got a way of just raising his game in in important matches and making them really, really feel special. Um, this is to fully win your certificate. This is um, oh god, <laughs> this is the final question uh, from the listeners, um, and it's from wrestling memes. So, okay, hey memes, I know your real name, but I'm just going to call you memes. Um, what's the G stand for in G1? If you get this right. I will write you a certificate now saying you are king of the smarks. If you get it wrong, you you are walking back to Manchester from North Wales. I'm what going to break does one the, of your ankles too. What does the G what does the G in G one climax stand for? I what think, does it stand for? I think it's Grand Prix. Start walking, son. Uh, it's grade. G one is grade. Oh, oh man. <laughs> You didn't wear sensible shoes today, did no. you? Um, so that's it. I mean, that's our, our huge... <laughs> this may have been split into two parts. Uh, our huge G1 uh, preview. Um, I'd like to thank my guests. Thank you. Uh, the novice to wrestling, uh, Japanese wrestling, of course. Uh, Christopher Brooker, thank you. I'll say this much. If the goal was to make me interest in the G1, you've achieved. Because um, yeah. I'm going to be around at someone's house watching their New Japan world. Which is fair, because I think you've been borrowing my WWE network for a year. That is very true. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, uh, um, uh, plug some stuff. Plug some stuff. I have but one thing to plug, which is this coming Sunday. It is Stockport Masonic Guildhall. It is Future Shock Wrestling Uproar 89. And our main event is Future Shock's number one, Zach Gibson. And he'll be defending his title. And he better have a good grasp on that belt, because he's taking on Rampage Brown. Marvellous. Also, we have the wonderful Jack Gallagher, who has been off to do the Cruiserweight Classic, um, who has been signed for Pro Wrestling Guerrilla this year for Battle yeah. Los Angeles, which is brilliant for him. We're happy, but there's that little bit where we think we might not see him back very much. Mm. So he is going to be there on Sunday to address his future with Future Shock and what the Cruiserweight Classic means to him. So... I, I, I'm really keen to see what he has to say for himself. We've got so much more going on. Is he uh, wearing trousers? Uh, we can't promise trousers. No. We can't guarantee they will or won't be there. But at Future Shock Rest, futureshockwrestling.co.uk, get your tickets. It's going to be great. Marvellous. Matthew? I'm going to be at Future Shock as well because it's it's where, where I do my ring announcing. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, which is mrichardshost. Uh, I'm also in August. Once again, I'm going back to Multiplay's Insomnia Gaming Festival, which I flipping love because it's just amazing so it's not just three days this year or this this time around it's four days so that's friday saturday sunday monday and all your video game fun going on there me playing stuff and looking quite scared because you know modern technology is scary but that should be good uh yeah just keep supporting you know wrestling and stuff as well isn't it you send it to a comedian then yeah when you see comedians go and it's nearly always when you've not had a good gig yeah, and you yeah. go, well, thanks guys, keep supporting live comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've had a good gig though, mate. Um, thanks, man. Right, thanks guys. Uh, go and watch New Japan. ta So that was New Japan Pro Wrestling Digested. Hopefully, you're a little bit knowledge- more knowledgeable going in to the G1 Climax tournament now. Uh, hopefully, you're thinking, I'm going to sign up for uh, njpwworld.com because it sounds like there's a load of content on there that I can enjoy. There is. And remember, like wrestling companies, whether they're as big as New Japan or WWE or as small as a company like Mind Progress, it's always great if you can afford to subscribe to stuff because everyone's got to pay the bills. You know, um, 
we spend a lot of time at Progress chasing people who put our matches up for free um, because it's not particularly nice. We've spent a lot of money and worked really hard on putting the shows together and kind of need we need our on-demand subscriptions to help our company grow. So, you know, if you can, uh, if you can afford to subscribe to New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, World.com, NJPWWorld.com, then do. It's worth it. Uh, even if you only do it for a month, you'll be able to find 45 years worth of stuff to watch and it will enhance your wrestling enjoyment because they just have a lot of great matches. Uh, it's a fantastic company. And um, one of my ambitions, you heard me talk about it, is to go out there and hopefully uh, watch some shows out there myself one day. I've got I've got a bucket list of things I want to do. Go and see New Japan. Uh, go and see PWG in California. That's another one. Um, and... Uh, go and see proper Lucha Libre in Mexico City. That's another one as well. So maybe I can do all of those. Maybe I can do all of those. Take the podcast microphone with me. You never know. Um, right, anyway, let's wrap up. So thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget, Tuesday Night Jaw is part of the Distraction Pieces Network. Super grateful for Scooby's Pit for giving me this platform to put a wrestling podcast out. Uh, super grateful to you guys for clicking subscribe or download uh, every week when I try and put a show out. I do try and put a show out every week. Little warning, there's a baby on the way. There might be the odd week where there isn't a show during August. Um, But I'm going to try and stack a few shows up so I can still put something out. Um, I am on Twitter, at Jim Smallman. My Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash jimsmallmancomedian. My website is jimsmallman.com. My wrestling company is progresswrestling.com. This is underscore progress on Twitter. Uh, I think it's exactly the same thing on Facebook uh, and on Instagram as well. Uh, don't forget if you want to tweet me about wrestling because I'm a comedian so I get stuff about comedy and politics and football if you want to talk wrestling with me I try and reply to as many tweets as I can because I'm nice like that hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw if you want to talk wrestling or talk anything on the podcast you want to make corrections um, like I mentioned in the podcast just don't be a dick about it you know we do make mistakes we are only human we are not we are moderate we have moderate knowledge. We are not super, super experts. Uh, but hopefully our pronunciation wasn't terrible, apart from trying to say loss in Gnobe L-I-J. You know what I'm saying. Thanks for listening. Like I said at the start of the show, please keep recommending this to people. This week, if you can drop a tweet or a text to a couple of people and go, hey, listen to Tuesday Night Joe, I genuinely think you'd enjoy it. We've got a load of archive shows now to listen to. We've got all the roundtable ones. My chat with uh, Cruiserweight Classics Jack Gallagher, uh, which is a, a great natter, talking to Joel Allen from Suplex the other week. Um, there's loads of cool stuff you can go back to and listen to. So do, you know, go back and listen to the archives if you haven't listened to them all yet. And keep recommending this to people. And let's see if we can hunt down some people from America to listen to this as well, because I'd like their input. I genuinely would like their input. I'd like their input on British wrestling, and I'd like their input on our British opinions on American stuff. So, you know, if you can recommend it to people, then please do. I'm going to stop banging on now. You've been listening for forever, probably. Um, If you've been at the gym this entire time while you're doing this, then you've lost at least £15. Good for you. Go and have some cake. Thanks for listening. Tuesday night, Joe's back next week, and don't forget we're part of the Distraction Pieces Network. Cheers, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.